0: They're, those are hard to make in three D prints. I get it, though. Like, right. my printer couldn't do them. Honestly. No, it's well, a resin resin, resin could definitely do it. The yeah. resin's the only thing that could do it. Yeah. Wait, the motorcycles? No, with people on people, them, like too, having yeah. actual organic shapes. Yes,
1: yeah, people. You have to have a resin for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: right. agree completely. Um, is there anything we need to talk about beforehand? I'm assuming oh, when you get to this
2: the Jeep is great because it actually has the the machine gun. Yeah, the dual the machine front. guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it was a separate piece I had to just pop in there.
0: Nice.
3: Uh, Let me. Oh, wait. Hang on. Let me go grab the the train tutor book. Oh, nice.
4: Snafu. Situation normal. All. all
5: fouled up. This
0: is Snafu. All right. Welcome to another episode of Snafu. Oh, crap. We're starting. Yes. Welcome to episode 60, Pat. Thanks. Say hi. Hello and good evening.
2: The first 59s were just a preparation for this one. We're finally starting. 60, for real.
0: 60 is what? That's a lot. That's. Twelve twice, divided by five, right? It's twice thirty. Yeah, that's that's impressive. That means it's what like five, that? years. That, five, five years. That's technically five years. God, dude, I don't know, man. Uh, was it the thirty-five? Yeah, that's I, all right. I can do. I can do math. Let's go shopping. All right, <laughs> <laughs> say say hi, Jeff. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Fat, still me, still you, still me. Can you say hi? Hi. Thanks. Everyone. So sure. when people say hi, okay, it's the, the polite thing to do. I hear. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, okay.
3: We'll start, we're starting out on episode sixty-two. We're doing polite.
0: No. Well, oh. yeah, we've always been polite. I've always said, it, "I'm okay. sorry," frequently and sure. often, in abundance. That's uh, sure. like
2: something this, like that. It's kind of our thing. We're politely stupid.
0: Yeah. Sure. sure. We're not. Yeah. We're not. We're not jerks.
1: <laughs> the golden retrievers of podcasts.
0: <laughs> yeah, we keep, we keep coming back for more for some reason. <laughs> I love you, so I hid under your your porch. <laughs> Isn't that what he says? <laughs> Something like that. All right, oh. for kids' movie references, there we go. Um, all right, let's talk. Let's talk some hobby, uh, Dale. What have you been working on?
2: I painted. Uh, I painted. Uh, I I, um, I discovered Kickstarter right at the start of the pandemic, and. Um, yeah, you did. They make a lot of stuff on Kickstarter. Wait, <laughs> what?
0: There's games on Kickstarter? Spoiler, hello. And so, um,
2: <laughs> and so I, um, I, s- it turns out that they actually sometimes deliver <laughs> on those games. And I got and I got a game that has a bunch of miniatures in it. And so I started uh, I started to paint nice. up those miniatures. So I've nice. I've got four that I'm pretty happy with, and I'm you know started on the next four. So which uh, okay. which game was this?
3: Um, it was telling. supposed
2: to be a top secret game that I oh, was going to okay. take to a game night and sh- and sit down and have a lot of fun with everybody But um, so it'll I'm not saying those days it.
3: are coming soon yeah,
2: not too much yeah. so I did actually, and it was nice because I'm working back in the office now so all of my work related paraphernalia is back in the office and not in my hobby space so nice. get oh, back to how pay nice pay. That would be. it makes a big difference actually yeah um, I mean I I know all of us as gamers go through those times when real life impedes into your hobby and and that's fine you know I mean there's other things that are always going to be more important Um, but don't well do your best to make sure that you don't give up too much of that because it can be really easy to just not get that time that actually makes a big difference and uh, improves quality of life so. so it was really nice to sit down again and and paint stuff. I'm like, oh, these are going to be simple, you know. I'm just gonna, I'll crack these things out, and you know, a weekend later, I've got 30 different paints paints on my desk that I've all used. And <laughs> <so>. <laughs>
0: welcome, welcome to miniature painting. Yeah, but it's good. Six, six it colors good. will do. Oh no, wait, need 30. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's um,
2: that's primarily where my hobby is, as far as kind of what we usually talk about. So, and then I know that um, I spent some time with Jeff and and Pat on on a tabletop simulator and we did some testing on a game that's a World War II themed game that's kind of interesting that I think we, we enjoyed. So that was, that was kind of nice to get back to that because um, it has to do with um, tanks and so different technologies with tanks. And so it was interesting to kind of sit down and um, go through that and look at what the technologies were and how it relates to bolt action because I've never been good with tanks and what they're armed with and what makes something a firefly versus, you know... <laughs> Just a regular Stewart, and but
3: this game won't
0: necessarily help you with that either. No, <laughs> well, it no, won't. It a little cross pollination on There's those. Some Frankenstein tanks that I saw when I popped in to watch you guys play that game. Well, yeah, yeah but if, you're if not you building solo mode. They have the they have the actual tanks. there. Oh, okay, so. good.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're not building to a specific design. You're creating your own design. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to kind of see a different systems tank on, you know, oh, 120 millimeter armor versus, you know. 90 or this gun versus that one, and the different, anyways, that was kind of yeah, was, that was a nice change of pace. It was, fun. do
0: we say what the name was?
2: I haven't said that, you guys can talk about I, it.
0: but I mean, you can, it's too late to kickstart it, right? It's, uh,
3: I, think, or, they, I yeah. think they had late entry, available. Oh, they'll have late ple-
0: They'll have late pledges, yeah, go yeah. ahead. I mean, so,
3: was it built for war? Is that yeah. what it's called? It's on Tabletop Simulator, too, so you can I, certainly check it out.
0: I, I'm not, I'm not certain it's an endorsement, but it looks like fun, it looked it, interesting, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be it. one. I'm not going to be one to endorse something that wouldn't directly be applicable for bolt action or something like that. Fair and even then, I don't know that we necessarily really endorse shit. But, <laughs> um, but that <laughs> no, was, we,
3: we merely have opinions on shit. And I thought it was fun. Yeah,
2: yeah there you go. It's, it's all that matters. Yeah, it's, it's bolt action adjacent. And I found that um, part of the reason why I enjoyed it was that it was it was familiar, and it kind of helped. It actually kind of improved an area in which I lack when it comes to thinking about tanks. And I'm always a little bit envious listening to, to Jeff. He looks at something and I'm like, Oh, Hey, there's a vehicle and there's a gun. (laughs) And he's like, Oh, it's, it's this and this and this, and this is why it's (laughs) different from that one. And I'm like, I have no idea. So that's kind of fun. Anyways, that's, that's it for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that's, I mean, that game did look fun. I, I will admit that was, I wish I'd been able to hop on sooner. Uh, Jeff, what have you been working on?
1: Uh, mostly three d printing stuff still, and, Sweet. Work, and working on a, another table another table for bolt action and um, having some trouble with it so <laughs> oh
0: in what regard
1: um so normally, when I make bolt action tables, uh there's two ways I model things: one, something that kind of looks cool or two you know it's roughly adjacent to something I've seen in the world and really liked and thought, hey, this would be a cool place to model to make into a bolt action table. And this is the first one where I'm trying to make something um, from a movie. Oh. Uh, it's it came in a Kickstarter I back because I too have been giving lots of money through Kickstarter to things. What's wrong with that? Right, and it's it's the 3D prints for the the final town battle in Saving Private Ryan. Oh, the the bridge scene. Well, yeah, yeah, the whole village and bridge scene there at the end, the of sticky the movie bomb
3: scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah sticky yeah, bomb sure. Yeah,
1: and so I've got all of it printed out. And I, and I was like, I've just been printing the buildings and printing the buildings, you know, because I wanted to get everything printed. whole set's printed now. And I started putting it together on a table, and I'm like, shit. <laughs> there's there's going to be either too many buildings to fit on a six-foot table, um, or I'm going to end up with a section of the table where the river is that's wasted space, basically. Ah. Uh, right? like Sure. The problem is when you're designing a table, it's like, I could make this look super realistic like the movie and it'd be really cool to look at and just about impossible to actually play bolt action on. Yeah. Or I can abstract a little bit, space the buildings out a little bit better and make it more fun for a game, which is great, but then it kind of loses a little
0: bit of that, you know, flair that makes the historical peoples hard. So So, maybe I'll ask a question and maybe you thought of this. Would it be possible to make it into two boards?
1: I mean, that's kind of where I'm going towards right now because okay. I have... I mean, I've spaced it out so it's more close to a playable bolt action table, mm-hmm. uh, and it looks, it still looks fairly good, I think. Okay, um, but yeah, I've got enough buildings I could do it almost a whole other table. Yeah,
0: if you and spread that, it out a little more, right. right?
1: Yeah, and that might be where it ends up, you know. And then there's always the question, you know, for ease of play versus looking cool. Do you do you put it on, you know, pink foam board and dig into it
0: and yes? Make,
1: I, I agree that looks better. Right. But it
0: takes you like three trips in your car to get into the but it's freaking a, right. Place. That looks
1: that looks the best. But it's a, exactly right. It's a bitch to set up for a tournament.
3: It's also right. really daunting to try and cut into.
1: <laughs> yeah, let me it's tell not,
2: you. Uh, Okay, um, so here's here's what I here's what I think. If I were you, Jeff, this is what I would do. Um, uh, I think you space it out, um, where you get the best of both worlds. It looks really good, and it gives a good game. Mm-hmm. And if that ends up being uh, six by eight, or, um, or no, I'm sorry, um, uh, not, well, let's see, four by six. Whether it's a four by eight, or whatever the case may be. And then the idea is, <clears throat> you know, we play on, on six feet of that area. You can, and you're on, You're. I'm assuming you're doing it in two by two blocks. Correct. You can, you can... Shift which six feet any particular game is on, and actually give a really different game. So, like with my Stalingrad board right now, it's it's just the six feet, but mm-hmm. I'm doing six feet on each side um, as I build it out, and they can be right next to each other, and it's going to work. But if I'm just playing on six feet, it doesn't always have to be the same six feet. You can shift two feet down one way or the other to give a completely different game.
0: I, I was going to say, I'm like, I've so. I'll, I'll find the video there's a video of a guy that did that for an infinity board and it is incredible how versatile he made it because the other so you're thinking you're thinking linearly one way right mm-hmm. right so they're two foot by four feet long now here, here you can blow your mind you could put two of them in the opposite direction so now they're you know they're horizontal they're actually facing the other direction if that makes sense I don't know how I, I'm sorry radio. Listeners, this isn't something I can explain very well, right? I they can normally, see you waving your hands, though. Yeah, I'm waving my hands. I am waving my hands. Where all <laughs> of them are going up and down, right? Normally, if you look at it from one side, it's gonna—they're all gonna be two feet by four feet. What if you switch them the other way and go four feet by two feet, and you put two of them that way? You know, you know what I'm saying? You're rotating two of them ninety degrees.
2: Right. I mean, provided um, provided that the layouts of each one Allowing of those sections you allows you to do that. Yeah. My boards, they don't. It mine yeah. just does mm-hmm. just switch in one direction or the other east yeah. to west um
0: yeah and that i think yeah. in most cases if you have to like seriously plan if you're going to do the other way because and that's and that's exactly what i saw with this infinity board um if you're unfamiliar with infinity it's super sci-fi but then he made a table that he could switch 90 degrees and he had two more sections that he could build forests on and it was like an incredible table i like i would have bought it if i could no. have and i've probably been like five grand but Whatever,
1: and, and that all that all checks out to me. It's like, and if I'm making a regular board, that's something I would consider doing. It's that like this one's recreating a specific scene. Yeah. Is the problem. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: that makes it harder.
2: The um and and the foam the foam board, um, you're right. It's it um, it's it's a pain in the butt to to get somewhere and set up and, and tear it down. And I can't do it in one trip. Um, so that's definitely something yep. to consider. And it's yep. it, it takes up a lot of space for storage. Um, but. Um, I like I like the idea of someone playing on a board and they remember that board.
0: Yeah, for sure. Stalling yeah. Stalingrad board has that. Has that absolutely? Yeah, yeah.
2: And so you know, and we want to create with Operation Snafu and, and everything else that you guys are building towards. We want to we want to make sure that um, it's because people are coming from a long ways away and they're excited and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, and we definitely appreciate that. And it's kind of yeah, it's like and you guys are you know, one of the one of the big things with the installation form that. Board that I really liked using was that I could dig into it and carve out the craters and and all of that kind of stuff and
0: well, and it gives you the opportunity to build that river you know like lower the river lights. down so you and have the, some
2: and the other thing was the um, the streetlights so I could do all yep. of the wiring within the foam itself and then cover that up with the terrain on top of it mm-hmm. so um, it's just it's versatile it's not too heavy um, it's just kind of a pain in the butt to lug around and stuff like that but yeah. I mean. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. And that's, I think that's my biggest concern. If this was my home table that wasn't ever going anywhere, I would totally, you know, 100% on board for that. It's just making that decision between the two. Because if we take this over to our current snafu site, I mean, I'm already about an hour drive from there mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. multiple
0: runs in a night isn't no, really no. an option. <laughs> I, I would, I would drive over to your house and help you pick it up for sure. Mm-hmm. I would not make you drive twice to your house. That'd be, I'm, I'm close enough where I could swing by on my way out. Yeah. Something like that. But it, yeah, let's not do that. Let's not make him so you have to take fourteen trips to get all of our boards to,
1: right? A thing. I mean, my my car barely holds the seven
0: tables I bring as it is. So <laughs> how we might just have to buy an operation snafu trailer.
2: Well, I um I had already um, had already decided not when this whole thing kicked off. I, I didn't plan on it taking up as much space as it did when I did my board. Um, but because I've already started on the next board and I've got that kind of stuff mapped out in order for me to actually get the boards to where they need to be I would I was going to have to rent a moving truck for the weekend so I've already <laughs> t- I kind of resigned myself to that oh my case. gosh well <laughs> <laughs> so you know I mean she's but it's it's um to me and I don't think you guys are too dissimilar um it's one weekend um and I know that, that we had talked about the the tournament being used at uh, another tournament but it's like well you know what, these guys, they're coming in and we want it to be a big deal so I can do that for a weekend. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I don't know that those would need to travel to the other tournament given that we aren't going to rent a truck to get down there. (laughs) No, we might at the end of it though. I mean, it's possible that, I mean... I think we were going to
2: have a, a, that was actually going to be paid for, for us, so... So
0: Yeah, we were going to have a trailer. Yeah,
2: that was already going to be covered, but in in any event. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that's all stuff that... um, But I'm kind of excited to see what your take is going to be on that, Jeff, because... To be honest, my foam board is inspired by your submarine board mm-hmm. because you. you had you had done you you had added the height, yep. in order to accommodate. And I also like the fact that it's two inch foam board. It's kind of elevated from the space that you're setting your stuff up on, so it's kind of like I don't know, you're stepping up to play, you know, a little elevated position. You Something's know, it's kind almost of
0: like a pedestal or something.
2: Well, it's it's like um, it's just a small little thing that makes yeah. it kind of special you know it's yeah. like it's like if you get deluxe components in a board game it's still the same board game but it's a little special because it's you know that meat bowl is really high quality as opposed to a, a <laughs> mm-hmm. piece of cardboard flat shit or something so yeah no, that makes sense
1: cool absolutely so anyway so i'm that's kind of where i'm at right now is deciding how i want to do that nothing's painted yet but everything's printed and i'm just kind of figuring nice. out the arrangements so Hell, I might. When this episode publishes, I'll probably throw some pictures up in our Discord, and you can take a look at what I'm working with. Cool. People can have a, open it up to other opinions because this won't get done for at least another month. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, uh, Pat, what have you been working on? Uh, I pulled my Marines back out. Who are you uh, bringing them to a spe- uh, special tournament? Uh, they're one of the
3: uh, two current lists that I'm entertaining for uh, for bug eater. <laughs> So. How many?
0: How many? Nasty things are in that American list?
3: Well, it depends what you call nasty. I don't think there's really anything nasty in there.
6: <laughs>
0: Stewards? No. Fl- flamethrowers? flamethrowers? No. Oh, uh, well, maybe. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, yeah, Americans are pretty, pretty vanilla-ish, but I don't they know. They are. Those are, the things, that, those are the things that are scary to me.
3: I don't know. I haven't I haven't really. Actually, I haven't even played a game with Marines or US at all. So. Okay. I would hopefully like to get at least a game in before I go down there, and you know, oh my gosh, figure out that I don't know how to
0: play uh, Americans. So that'd be or bolt action, for that matter. Bolt. What is that again? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to show up trying to play Ticket to Ride. So
3: <laughs> no doubt. So uh, I redid all the bases on that, uh, thanks oh, to some cool. feedback from some of our discard guys, Anthony, who uh, reminded me that I have some freaking pigments. I'm like,
6: oh yeah. That's right, no. I should
3: do that. And I, uh, those really punched the bases up really good to where I didn't feel like I had to redo the entire painting on the model or redo the entire base. I'm like, okay, yep, that's what I was looking for.
0: Just needed that little extra?
3: Yep, just that little extra oomph just kind of make them go, okay, cool. Now they, the guy isn't blending into the base, which in the real world is probably fine, but for a miniature on a table, is not what you're looking for.
0: Right? In fact, preferred. <laughs> In real right, life. Right, yes, yes. In real
3: life, 100%. Like, I, I could barely tell the difference between the color of the ground and the guy. Well, that's what they wanted. That, no. that's, well,
0: that's what coat they're wearing for that day, yes. Right, yeah. Well, and that doesn't work so well if you're trying to look at a model, so... You want them to look good on... To, I agree. You yep. want your bases to contrast your models, for sure. Yep. Just for Co- Compliment more than contrast, but yes. yes. Create that eye-catching distinction. So,
3: so that was really good. And then uh, he also... Uh, Uh, led me into the Reaper bases, which are the plastic ones, which kind of have the hollow bottom. Yep. Which uh, are very similar to what the Star Wars Legion bases are, except for they're 25mm instead of the 32. And what I did with all my Legion stuff is I did 2-to-1 epoxy and filled in that base. I had some heft, and then I also pressed in a rare earth magnet in there so I could have everything magnetized.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm.
3: So, that's... uh, I'm trying not to rebase the entire army, but I've already (laughs) done six of them that way, and it's really hard not to go, okay, they look the same, they feel a little different. God damn it. We'll see what ends up happening. Okay, (laughs) Um, I haven't gotten anything off the checklist this month, although I'm very close. Uh, I put together a Panzer III Mm off F uh, for my Hungarian army, and that Mm -hmm. is assembled... uh, Primed first layer of highlights. I so need to put some decals and then get some weathering on it. And then that'll be done. And I also uh, also got another Rubicon model for uh, Sherman M4. Nice. Which is together and painted. And just because it's fun, I also did a Jeep with the medium machine gun. That doesn't single? have recce.
0: Yes. The single. single. Yes. Okay.
3: The non-airborne one. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> so, but, but oh. Americans don't have this. Don't have a dual machine gun. I don't think. Oh, Jeep. they have the dual
0: bazooka. Sorry. Yeah, the yeah, dual yeah.
3: bazooka. The British have a, an airborne uh, veteran Jeep that has t- twin machine guns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like twin, twin lift, yep. yeah. Yep. Uh, and then I started, I, I'm, I'm, I marked up, my, my. speaking of pink foam barbs, I marked up my uh, Stalingrad train table. <clears throat> I marked up all the little things where I, where I need to cut. And I kind of artistically marked some craters and got the buildings all laid out and i'm I'm happy with that got the trains laid out got the tracks uh primed uh not glued into position yet uh and i'm very hesitant on making that first cut because i'm like oh my god once i do this <laughs>
0: well to be fair you can always kind of i can always buy more foam yes or but. piece it back together to some degree but as long as you have some backing material underneath it, I guess. But if you guys are relying on just the pig foam, that yeah, you wouldn't well, be able to do that. That'd so be...
3: what I'm doing is uh, I did 3D print the the base for the rail track. So the, the tracks are actually sitting down um, about three eighths of an inch. Okay. So, that, so the train will actually sit down in there. And I did this all based off one of the pictures I saw of Stalagrad where the mm-hmm. the tracks were actually set down in the concrete a little bit. Mm-hmm. So they
0: could kind of load and unload without having forklifts, right. essentially.
3: Yep, yeah. easy loading, and also it gets rid of that, hey, I can see your guys' feet underneath the train tracks, you know, because the wheels sit up a little bit, and I can see them under the car. So it eliminates that part of the line of sight
0: argument. Problem, yeah, fair. Which just is what I really liked. Yeah.
3: So but yeah, so I 3D printed all the base, and I just have to cut out this foam that that's going to, again, take in place there. So,
0: Do you have a foam cutter?
3: Uh, This, uh, I think it's a straight cut, so it's just going to be a blade, but I do have a foam cutter. Uh, I do also have a hot hobby knife, which I haven't used yet.
0: That's going to probably help you a lot in this case.
3: Yeah. So that's looking like it's going to be pretty fun. Uh, So yeah, Russians got set aside... Because well, a tournament, well. a tournament set up on the horizon, and like there's no way in the world the Russians can be done for that. So <laughs> grab something Fair. I have a chance of getting finished and punched up, and I still have to. I got to start laying out a display board too. So that'll be something to check off the hobby list: get a display board.
0: <laughs> right, 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 right.
3: So that's that's all I got for this month. We'll see how now that uh, the Valheim curve has dropped off significantly. <laughs> It has. <laughs> uh, my my hobby brushes have found their my, my uh Windsor Newton series seven are, are seeing some love again. So Sweet.
0: Yeah you gotta keep those you gotta keep working those or they, I don't think anything bad happens if you let them sit out. I don't know. But well, they turn is on the, you. The bristles will the bristles dry out? I don't know. No. Well then you I just, mean, just plop in some conditioner for a while. I mean it is actual horse hair, so I was gonna say I actually I actually mm-hmm. just put mine in conditioner anyway. Yeah. Um I don't know if anyone else does this, but yeah, when I, pro
3: tip by the way, in case no one knows that, yes, you can your real brushes, you can put them in conditioner, and it actually softens them up and brings them some yeah. life back
6: into them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know that I recommend leaving them in there. I don't think you're leaving them in any water whatsoever. But when I when I put them away for like the... twenty if, minutes, yeah, 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 that's fine. I. Yeah. My my world is if I for, if I leave them in there for twenty minutes, I actually forget about them, and then they're in there for twelve hours instead. Cause, Can't you um, put
3: like the, a shiny sticker on them so you can be like, ooh, shot them shiny and go back? No,
0: it's do. like I've left the room that they're in or something. <laughs> no. You know, that's that's usually the problem. Is you like you throw them in the you throw them in the water just to like, oh, I'll be back in a minute, and you're like, oh no, nope, like, oh no, I, I, and something bad No, happens. I don't even leave them in the water to go run yeah. to the bathroom. I was gonna say I use I use the master conditioner, and I rub I will rub extra conditioner on it to leave them so I can get a fine tip, and then basically that. Saves the bristles some more too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't.
2: I if you d- 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 I just shower with mine. <laughs> 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 Give that, that personal touch. <laughs> little, little use a little Pantene on them. Hey, you know what? You show them a little love, and and they'll work for you. So that's
0: and that's very true. Any, anyone that's using like Series Seven, they probably know that. But for anyone that's unfamiliar, and they maybe buy inexpensive brushes, which is totally fine. Keep buying inexpensive brushes. I think they're they have they, they're great. They don't have any problems. I mean, painter's a good mid-grade. Yeah, I mean, I I will I go to Michaels and buy their watercolor paints, yep. watercolor paint brushes because they're they're usually fairly inexpensive, but they're usually pretty decent yep. quality uh, bristle. But what I was going to say is like, even if you're using cheap brushes, going and buying a, a brush conditioner goes a long way. It's, it's like it's a cleaner and conditioner. Like the Master, I think lots of companies. I, I think there's several different companies, but the one I use is like a yellowish. Old fashioned looking writing on top of it, and it's really nice. Yeah, but I think like, I got
3: that same one. I don't remember the name of the life of me though.
0: I think it's I think it's Master. Is I it? think the name is Brand is Master. But I know, I'm the, not uh, certain.
3: Blicks carry is it? Michaels carries most of your hobby mm-hmm. stores. But they got paintbrushes. They carry that. Yep.
0: Yeah, it, yeah. If you're buying it from an art, I, the weird thing is, is I I I'm disappointed that I don't think Michaels makes it very easy to find. Oh, they have it. I'm sure they do. It's just not sitting out like it would be in um, Blick. I'm yeah, you're right. It is them. masters. It's masters. I thought it was. Yep. Also available um, so, on Amazon. So there you go. Yep. Yep. I I think I bought it on Amazon, but it, it saves you a little bit longer on your cheap brushes if you want to go cheap brushes. It, it it definitely saves your expensive brushes for sure for a lot longer. But I think that's you know having actual horsehair helps too. Um. So that's yeah. I got to buy them uh, hobby from tip.
4: overseas too. So.
0: The, the brushes? Yeah, they're yeah. hard to get a hold yeah, of right Windsor now. Uh, they're not
3: too bad price-wise. They just take a while to get here.
0: Yeah. Well, why order, do we want to see
2: the order from Dick Blick? I
0: suppose do, they do they that. still have Windsor 7?
2: Yep, unless, well, I mean, there was a, a period of time when there was some trade dispute going on and yeah, Kolinsky-Sable yeah, wasn't yeah. wasn't coming across. But once that was resolved, of course, because they last so long, I think the last time, I have, I'm working, I have two working... Series sevens that I'm using right now, a one yeah, so and right. um, I think a, a triple zero. Yeah.
0: Oh, triple! Wow, I got a zero and a triple zero. And Let's so say I think you got zero and double zero. But I think
2: I think that I got those at the start of last year, actually, <laughs> because they, they just last. I, I painted. I mean, this is how good they can be if you take care of your brushes. I painted an entire Skaven army with one um, series seven brush, and it was mm-hmm. like three hundred miniatures. I used to say 17. you're.
0: Your hand, your hand went out before your brush did.
2: Yeah, I pinched my nerve and was in a sling <laughs> for about six weeks, and I had to sleep sitting up. It was really poor. Oh my god, that was brutal. In any event, um, yeah, you take care of these brushes, and and it was they're fantastic. But you know, so.
0: so there you go. I mean, I will. I not even, I'm not going to go as far as endorsing them, still, out there, but they are good brushes. I like them. Uh, All
3: right, that's my hobby. How about you, Rick? You got anything?
0: I'm, I I did actually put a couple of Romanians together. But nice. they're not nothing nothing to speak of. Are you ready I, for Bug Eater? no. I, I debated if I could get them ready for Bug Eater because of the rule set that they're using, the Romanian theater selector would be incredible. <coughs> the one where you get like you could get like what? Yeah, getting two 3 units. I think three, you could squeeze three. two. I was gonna say how many did you get? Is it three for one or is it two for one? It's two it's, for one. It's three for one, but you're still limited to two platoons.
2: I'm gonna to have to look at these rules. I have to decide if I'm gonna go. Hmm.
0: I'm still debating it, but I, I don't think that's likely, so I was gonna buy a couple of models for my marine army and make them more ouchy. Okay. But I don't know. That was my my thought. You can add a fourth steward. No. Drop it down to one Stuart and add six flamethrowers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: like that. Something taste, like that Yeah. Anyway.
0: I mean, you know, you can't bring a flamethrower vehicle. You might as well. What was, bring as what
3: was many the, the Stewart with the flamethrower on it? What was that one?
0: Oh, the Satan? The no, Satan, I'm not yeah. bringing the Satan. It's, it's too expensive. I, I, I mean, I still have one Stuart, but, mm-hmm. I mean, it, the, we'll talk about that when we get to there because it's an interesting rule set, um, and it made things a little bit more challenging is like you almost were stretching for points to some degree. I mean, and that's maybe something to say about ours too. But anyway, um, no, but I we can talk about this because I think this came up you brought you just talked about pigments a second ago and I yep. can we can talk about pigments because I think that'll be my hobby update is talking about pigments. Because um I, of all I of pretend ours, to know
3: how to use them. You you probably have a little <laughs> more
0: expertise. <laughs> well no it's so so okay. The first thing you have to understand about pigments is there's multiple ways you can use pigments. The first way is you can use a liquid pigment. So if I, we've talked about this many times, um, the way I paint my models is black and white. So my bot, my base coat is Zenith Highlight, which is you know black underneath and white on top. So my model is basically grayscale, right? And all I'm doing is basically adding liquid pigment over the top of that to to tone it. I'm just giving it color. I'm not actually giving it any depth or anything. The undercoat has already done that, right? So that's the first way to use pigments, is almost like a wash.
2: What are you,
3: what are you diluting them in, just water?
0: Um, so I actually used. A, <laughs> I could go back to my notebook and probably tell you exactly what it was. So I used a couple things. I did not use water. I used um, there's they make a medium that you can use to do this. I can't remember what it's called. It's like a, a paint medium. It's actually called a retarder, so it doesn't dry as fast and it like sure. it'll dry evenly. So it doesn't like, you know, one of the big negatives of Washes can be that they will dry in a way you don't want them to. Does that make sense? Like they'll they'll pool, they'll pool up instead of pooling down, mm-hmm. or they'll pool in a spot you don't want them to, and all sorts. There's all sorts of different ways that inks can go bad. But uh, letting it dry really slowly helps that a lot. Okay. Like you don't you don't want it to dry fast. You want it to dry slow, and it'll be more even. Then it won't pull into it won't pool as much.
2: It's great Which, for blending as well. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it it is actually a great for paints in general because when you break it down, paint is just pigment in a in a suspension, right? Mm-hmm. For the most part, yeah. it's usually a very finely ground. Mind blown. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it's all any of it is is just pigments. But
2: well, they, I mean, it's know, it, but that's an that's a it's an important thing. To to talk about, I mean, it seems yeah. like common sense, especially for people who have been doing it for a really long time. But un- unless you break down those kind of what is seemingly obvious, sometimes people yeah. can kind of struggle getting past those kinds of things.
0: And and I'm sure there are people that probably know more than me and are probably telling me I'm wrong in some degree. I'm kind of putting it in layman's terms as best I can. Um, but right, so like we the layman appreciated. Thank you. <laughs> Keep Indeed, going. yeah. No right. K- so thinking about it, right. So like. What makes like paints different is like sometimes they'll mix other chemicals in them to make it what it is, like titanium white actually has titanium in it. It's not just called that for some stupid reason there's there's different chemicals
2: that use of paints to make t- metallic the paints will have different pigments in them,
0: yep, yep um so anyway, so back to pigments, you can either do them as a liquid, which is most like most frequently used like a wash, but there's also another way which if you're familiar with like secret weapon has a lot of them, mm-hmm. and they're used most commonly for. Um, like rust effects and dirt and stuff like that which is they do a really good job but you can do other things with them that like you just explained Pat you can you can tone different things differently with them I'm trying to explain Sorry, I, I, I basically like just all
3: down. I basically just dry brushed mine onto the spot of yep. base that I wanted to and y- then, which is
0: exactly what you do
3: and then and then hit it with just uh, we we'll let it settle as long as I could and then I had to do an aerosol matte finish over it
0: yep yeah, uh, you have to fix it. Yeah, and you do don't you want like,
3: to try and do a brush finish no, on it. Because no, no, you're just no, going to no. push it around.
0: Yeah, that is the big trick with with, with powder. So what, what I've used powder for, like the powder stuff for, um, is for lighting effects. It works really well at like using it as almost like a dry brush. You have more control with it than a dry brush to some degree because you can actually wipe it off if you don't like what you've got. Yep. Um, which is really cool. It's Kind of like you, a non-fixed.
2: Are you talking? What you're doing is you're using a pigment that is. Not, it's just the, the powder itself. You f- have a mixed powder. It. yep Yep. Okay. Yep. So you're you're brushing a powder on, like it's um, almost like a makeup.
0: Right. So yes, yeah, so you, yes, yeah, so you're just using a normal brush. I would not use a Windsor, Windsor uh No. Oh, no. Use your craft. No. Brush. Yeah, fine, no. Fine series point seven craft in this. Wish, yes. No. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> use your cheap dry brush shit here, and you're just going to use it just like dry brushing. Except you don't have to like get your brush to the right dry brush. You can actually like. Just touch an edge, and it'll give you that edge highlight, and you can you can kind of blend it in. And like I said, if you don't like what it looks like, you can always erase it. This is kind of the cool thing about this. You can just erase it. You can literally just wipe it off. You can wash it off if you had to, but I wouldn't recommend washing your models if you, don't, you can avoid it. Right? <laughs> um, <laughs> do not do not put them in the dishwasher.
5: No, we'll <laughs> never,
0: never do that. <laughs> but, Seems bad. But, but what Pat said is the most important key is that when you're done with it, it... Um, needs to be fixed. It needs to have some kind of a, a matte. Like usually, matte varnish is usually what you would particularly put over it. One of the things I like about dry powder pigments is they're usually a not as fine of a of a um, particulate, right? Like when you grind it down to a paint, it's going to be so fine you can't see it. Right, you'd have to like look at a microscope, but you would still see little flecks of, of pigment. But th- the powder is much much higher granular or whatever granularity, whatever. And so when you mix them together, you can actually get some gradients that are a little bit different because it's more like uh, pixels on your computer screen than it is um, like super blended like you would with paints. Mm -hmm. But what that allows you to do is it allows you to mix two colors without nearly as much effort you, you, this is something you might have to practice, but like if you have two colors next to each other and you kind of push them over each other, they will kind of naturally blend from that pixelation. I'm going to call it pixelation because it's the best way I can describe it, right? Is that you know those, they're 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 intermingling, but they're not so bad. They're kind of blending themselves together, which is a, another cool technique.
3: You can you can control the blend, and unlike um, yeah. two paints coming together make a new third color, the the pigments will still actually still be there and you'll still right. see the two different colors and you'll just see the natural gradient between them the more you move
0: them together. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a perfect example of what I'm saying. So one of the other things that I think is really interesting, and this is something that most people don't recognize or know, is that um, pigments are pretty interchangeable as to what they are. Um, so watercolors, like you buy those cheap watercolors from target or wherever wherever you shop Mm -hmm. you know you can buy those cheap ass ones and if you take that stuff out and you grind it up that's essentially pigment Mm -hmm. the same thing is with pastels you can buy uh, so not oil pastels actual hard pastels they're different um you just type hard pastels and it'll show up in amazon and i bought a set of these and it's really handy they you know you can buy 30 colors for probably 15 bucks don't misspell that in your google browser though (laughs) <laughs> maybe you should shop on amazon <laughs> i i found a cheap set of them they're you know i think they're from they're i think they're from asia somewhere i don't even know like they're just cheap brand whatever but they're just like sticks of like essentially chalky pastel mm-hmm. but what you can do with that is you can just grind it down and it is is exactly the same material as you would get if you bought secret weapon pigment just secret is out yep yeah it's and it's probably very much how they were getting it right they're just probably buying it in bulk from one of these art company art manufacturing companies and then mixing it and they're making it they're you know putting it in their little vials and stuff so it's i and i and i bought like a five dollar mortar and pestle from from amazon and i use it just to grind up my paint and i can i bought little vials and i put in my own vials so i have every color that i would want Mm -hmm. um You know, and some cool colors that I would probably never find. Like, I have a super neon green that I haven't used yet, but I'm like excited to try and figure out what to do with it. Batman model. Well, probably some kind of like OSL lighting or something. Like, wait, not OSL. What is it? It is. Is that OSL? Object source? Uh, Yeah, there we go. Object source lighting. There we go. That's right. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's been a while. But so that's, if you haven't played with a pigment before, I highly suggest, even if it's just. One of the big uses in bolt action is dirt, mud. Tink, it works really treads. well for all that stuff. Tank yep, treads, tank treads yeah. love love some brown brown uh, pigment on top of yeah, them. Take yeah, take
3: some of that uh, the little grass like stuff that you can find like Michaels and cut that up and throw it in there too. Uh, mix it with water effects. Gives a really nice, good. No, I never tried
2: that one. Um, yeah, that's what oh. I usually
3: mix it with is water effects.
2: Yeah, right? it's it's great for for mud, and if you're just starting it, and and it goes back to you guys mentioning the mixing of, of more than or, or multiple pigments, it yeah. keeps that granularity, and you can kind of see see the transitions, which is fantastic because if you're rolling around a countryside in a big ass, however many ton tank, you're pulling up all kinds of different soil and right. gradients and stuff yeah. like that, and so this would be a perfect application. If in my in, in my um, estimation, if you wanted to start. You know, maybe toying around with stuff that, that Rick and Pat are talking about. Really good application for that.
0: Um, yeah. So one more thing that in those applications, something that I would like to do, that I like to do when I'm doing like tank treads is um, you can use rubbing alcohol with it. So if you get a dry powder pigment and you add a little bit of rubbing alcohol to it, the nice thing about th- what makes rubbing alcohol a little nicer in water is it evaporates much quicker. So it, it dries out quicker, and it gives you that kind of clumpy. You can do like a clumpy dirt on there, which is nice too. Um, of the course, exact
3: opposite of what you're talking about with your models and washes, right?
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, you're getting clump. You want if you want clump, that that's a way to go. Again, you have to fix it though. You still have to varnish it, no matter what you do. Whether if you do a wet, I've, most of my most of my um, Germans are not varnished, but you know whatever they the, the but they're also the wet pigments are different they, they dry harder and I have other material in there that's helping dry it out and like harden it whereas it's not just sitting on the surface it's like you know chemically bonded I guess in some way so I mean there you go pigments if you want to ask us questions I can try and answer them as best I can it's been a lot of years since I was in art school so <laughs> well
3: it's still yeah. more recent than I was
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was like, you know, probably a two-day class on pigments and like pastels. So it wasn't nearly as robust as our oil painting that I have no, unfortunately, no uh, purpose in knowing now at this point. Oil is the last thing you get to know <laughs> or ever need again. Unfortunately, I wish we'd done more acrylic, but whatever. Nice, Nice. Yep. There you go. And uh, I see you, you procured something, Pat. So let's talk about this for a second. I
3: did. Uh, for anyone that has not seen uh, the Train Tutor on YouTube, uh, you're lying, or you need to. <laughs> is his name Mel? Is it Mel, Mel Boss? Is that Mel? Mel. Yeah. Yep. Yep, Mel Boss, the Train Tutor. I,
0: is he out of Australia?
3: No, I don't know. I don't know where he's out of. Okay. It might be Boston or something silly like that. I don't. I don't know where he's from. Um, sorry, Mel.
2: <laughs> Boston is the. I met him once. He's the Australia of the he, He's States. somewhere
0: between Boston and Australia. How about that? No, I don't. I might be thinking, I might be thinking mature, uh, Australian because he was making like a Pacific board when I watched his stuff. <laughs> uh, no, I did meet
3: him once at Adepticon, though. That was kind of nice. He's,
0: yeah. he's probably not Australian if you he didn't, he didn't hear Australian
3: accent. I don't recall. Jeff, you were with me. Do you remember him sounding Australian?
0: I
1: didn't think so, but yeah. uh, I'm kind of shit with accents, so.
3: Right, there you go. He's a nice guy, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did recently put out a book, and it's the Terrain Essentials, and it's basically taking all of his videos and, and giving you the pause that you've been doing anyway, with nice still shots and step-by-step on everything, and he covers basically everything he's ever done in one of his videos. So, it's a really nice, well-done, it's almost a 200-page book. Uh, nice. He covers, you know, basically setting up the tools you need, and he's got a... He's got a big safety plug for absolutely everything in there. I don't know if you if you watch any of his videos. He's he's a safety first kind of guy, so you got to appreciate that. But he's, he goes through everything you could want to. If you if you're you know building on a budget, if you're and you don't want to build it yourself and don't want to buy these kits, you know it, this this is absolutely I would absolutely get it. Well, I did get it. I'd recommend getting it. It's about fifty <laughs> bucks. About 50 bucks. Um, you can order it from Warlord Games. Or if you if you're here in the states, uh, it's Iron Heart Artisans this is the company in the states that has it here, and I think it was like you know, four or five bucks shipping too, so I think fifty five bucks in total. But I mean, it's the pictures in here. He's got a nice and tabulated. Uh, based, he breaks down all the different you know what he's working on, uh, and so and he even got a couple nice bookmark strings for you in there too. Mm-hmm. But it's a nice hardcover book. It's gonna last. And if if you haven't seen any of his stuff on YouTube. You need to if you're ever going to build any train whatsoever because yeah he's probably a top notch guy for doing that stuff and the book is great so again that was Iron Heart Artisans if you're looking for them if you if you don't want to take the shipping time from Warlord I ordered it and got it within four days so nice okay. there you go that's all I got to say on that because <laughs> I haven't read all of it because <laughs> I've been too busy putting my damn models together because I got a tournament coming up all of a sudden
0: yep. Yeah, it's around the corner, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, way. June is
3: really freaking close. Yeah.
0: First weekend yeah, of June, too. Yeah. I, I'm probably not going to that one. I'm just going to say that. I'm going to throw that out there right now. Oh, you should. You should. Uh, nah, I don't think it's going to happen. Join us. Be one of us. No. Nah. All right, we'll see. We'll see what I can accomplish. Let me put it this
1: way. If you go to that one, you don't have to go any other bolt action till ours.
0: Yeah. it's It's not the painting of minis that I have to worry about. It's the other minis in my house. That might cause a problem. If you, if you get what I'm saying. No. My, my, my wife might need my oh. expert opi- expert help with the children. Oh. <laughs> I might not be able to sneak away again. Well, you
3: know, don't be too good at a bad job, right? Uh,
0: I try, but <laughs> they seem to like me for some stupid reason. I haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, well,
2: it's I'm a diffi- on you that way. It's a difficult one to shake, so.
0: Yeah, right? No, well, <laughs> that don't, is what it don't is. Don't even try, man. <laughs> I I would rather they like me than just dis- dislike me. That's for sure.
3: Yeah, you'll have plenty of time later in your life to say how much they hate you, so. <laughs> oh, yep. And how
0: much you and how much you screwed them up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh. They blame me for everything. Anyway, all right. Enough about my children and my
2: As someone who's gone through it, um that's not the case.
0: No, so. I know. Anyway, all right. <laughs> There's nothing to
2: be afraid of there.
0: I'm oh, I'm not afraid. Uh let's talk about rules since we were talking about children, but let's talk about bolt action rules instead. Um, We always talk about this. We always talk about things in here. I don't know if these are new ones or not. I don't think these are new ones. Well, no, these often get brought up. Yeah. The, the first one I, is, a, is a tricky one that I, I didn't know at first when I started playing bolt action, and I think that's why it came up. So on the Discord, um, someone asked us about where do you measure from a from a tank when you're shooting? Mm-hmm.
3: And like, the logical answer would be from the gun that's firing, but... That's not the case. You you gotta you gotta measure from the the edge of the vehicle, and I've seen this before. If you for some reason base your vehicles, which personal preference, we'll save that for another topic, um, don't measure from the base of your vehicles like you do your infantrymen. You still measure from the vehicle. You have Mm -hmm. to ignore the base when you're measuring. I've seen people actually, you know, have the you know the base. It stands out, you know, half inch or so from the frame of the vehicle, and they're measuring. I see them measuring from the freaking base. I'm like. Okay, that's yeah, not yeah. how it works, and they even say specifically <laughs> that uh, on page ninety-one, is it? Uh, yep, if a vehicle is mounted on a base, ignore it. So,
0: well, that's good of them to at least call that out. I, yep. I appreciate the, the thoroughness that they did in this case.
1: Well, and those guys with the heavy tanks that have the super long guns, you know, don't let them <laughs> grab that extra two inches. The gun sticks over the base, right?
0: Because because uh, you're not you're not going to measure back to the gun. Mm-hmm. You're not going to it's. Right. for the sake of all purposes as being fair I mean first of all just measure from the same spot right I guarantee when you set that guy that tank down you know if you're in the first first round of the game you're you're putting a tank the the barrel over your deployment zone you're not measuring from the barrel to the deployment zone right mm-hmm. are you somebody that may be doing that that's fine well, as long as you are all consistent but that's just really hard to do. But rules is written stop doing that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, but I'm just saying, it's like, uh, Measure, my biggest Measure from the closest
3: point of the hull of the model itself. Yeah. There you go. Stop. See, there. then Make that's what know. it says. Yep. Yeah. End sentence. So, page 99 if you're looking for it.
0: I think someone else said, you know, you might want to. Think twice about your opponent if they're doing something like that because they might be doing something silly that you might need to pay attention to. Right, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I'm not going to call it cheating, but I'm going to say that, you know. Uh, Again, I I always assume ignorance over malice. Yes. In most cases, I think that's very true. Yeah.
3: I would hope it to be true. In any games I've had, I don't think I've ever felt someone was gaming me many (laughs) times.
0: So. Eh, I, I would not say that's true, especially in bolt action. I would like to say maybe true, but sometimes... Other games. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. The next one leads right into that is the artillery and measuring distance. It's a similar thing. No,
3: it's actually the exact opposite. You measure from the breach on the artillery.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear Lord. Um, Yeah. yeah.
3: So the artillery, Um, you're measuring from the breach of the piece if mm -hmm. you're firing over open sights, If you're firing indirect, you can take your line of sight from the model or any of the crew.
1: Uh, you better, sorry. for people that aren't familiar with it, what, the, what is the breach of the gun? Yeah, just
0: so you need to say what a breach that's, is.
3: Uh, so it's, that's where the the big bullet gets put in, or where, where it ejects out, sorry.
0: The hole at the end.
3: Right, so basically where it's sitting on that axle is where that's kind of pivoted, is kind of the center, and that's considered the breach. Wait.
2: So you've said two different things now. I'm so confused so by what you mean, no. So there's okay. where, there what Pat is describing is where the barrel intersects with the gun carriage in right. uh, the support, and what Rick is referring to is the end of the gun.
0: <laughs> yeah, which one is it? You said where the bullet comes out—that's the end of the hole. I well, the breach, right? Well, no, that's
3: not. I, I think I was thinking of a gun where the shell ejects out, and the bullet keeps going. That's what I was trying. That to would think be the of. breach. That yes. would be the breach. Yeah. So, I guess artillery pieces don't necessarily have that, or do they? Sure, they do. Well, yeah, the, the
0: yeah, the shell has the to eject. Shell has to right. come right. out. Yes, yeah, so the shell. They're not firing the shell. That. So Uh, it sounds
2: like we don't know where to measure from on the artillery.
0: And how are you supposed to freaking see that on certain guns? Like I don't know that you can always tell where the breach of the gun is.
2: To me it's I've always measured where the barrel of the gun intersects with the carriage.
0: That's right crossbar. Right
1: at the crossbar.
2: Yep.
0: That's
1: gonna get too close. X
2: marks the spot.
0: Yep. You know, it doesn't really matter as long as you're consistent.
2: Well, if I consistently me- measure from the barrel of my tank, <laughs> that's not okay. All
3: right, so here in 93, <laughs> when measuring
0: ranges two from artillery, measure
3: the distance two from the center of the gun, in parentheses, the breach, and ignore the barrel of the gun and the crew. Yep. So the center of the gun, essentially where Well, is they say sentry, the but you know what they mean.
1: Yeah, do the center of the gun, just call it a day. Yeah. And the center that's of the gun so. is where the barrel intersects perpendicular with the carriage of the gun.
3: And that there is generally go. also where the
6: breach is.
1: Pretty close, give to or it, take. Anyway. Yeah. Give or take. Yep.
3: Okay. So there you go. Back to the rules. Read it, page ninety. Glad we
0: glad we cleared that up. So one you well, measure from not the barrel, and one you basically measure from the middle of the barrel.
3: Well, if when you're determining line of sight and you're firing, and when you're firing directly, you look over the open sights, and that's <laughs> in line where the barrel's pointed. But right. if you're firing indirect, you take the line
0: of sight from any of the crew models. Right. <laughs>
2: But you're still measuring distance from the gun itself.
0: Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yep. But your line of sight is from the yes. Then, yep. perfectly good. Clear as mud. Um. Clear. Clear as mud. There's like yeah. There's scenarios there for sure. It shows um, we
2: haven't played for more than a year. <laughs> well, I think the other thing too is you
0: know when you have crew uh, like think of the eighty-eight and the the six or
3: seven crew members they have. You know you can take your indirect line of sight from any one of those when firing
0: on a target. And, or mm-hmm. the spotter or the spotter who, if, you, if right. you
2: have a spotter on your artillery board.
0: who technically all, all of those dudes need to be within two inches of the breach as well right Isn't or that the center
2: is? yeah two inches of the center yes. of the yes
3: two inches yeah. of where you're measuring from but yeah can, wherever that is they can yeah. all have different varying line of sights though so yep
1: to to some degree, sure.
2: Yeah, you got some guys piggybacking other guys and it's it's a real interesting <laughs> Well <laughs> I mean if you've got three
1: crew members and you put it against the corner of the wall and two crew members are out of line of sight and one crew member's around the corner, you
0: know, he can see everything. So yep. you know. Yeah. Until the sniper takes him out. Well yeah. But that's that that's the way it rolls sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fun. Oh this one's this one's right on point with the other ones to some degree. The distance between models. So I don't know what that even.
3: Well, when you're talking about like, uh, and on page thirty-one, they're still talking the basics. So they're talking about infantry, and in that you are measuring base to base, mm-hmm. the edge of the base. You're not measuring the model or his gun or whatever. You're measuring the base that the infantryman is standing on.
0: Right. Yeah, that's just okay. the... Just adding the extra distance as uh, the other way of measuring things. Yep. Just to make Rear- sure we can all be confused.
3: Yeah. So, again, if it's a, so to summarize, if you're measuring from a vehicle and it's on a base for some reason, you ignore the base, measure from the edge of the model, the closest point. If you're measuring to an infantry unit, you measure to its base, not to where his feet are standing or vice versa. So infantry must be on a base, and that's actually in the early rules that all of the infantry have to be based, mostly because it helps them stand up, but <laughs> also it gives you a finite, consistent point when you're talking about 25mm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then measure your artillery distances from the center of the gun and take your line of sights when firing indirect from any one of the crew models. There we go.
0: There you go. There you go. So now what happens when a tank is measuring to a, an infantryman? I'm just joking. You well, is the, the, the other tank listener. based or not?
2: Actually, that doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm just trying to confuse you. Is
0: it, is it facing east or west? <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute.
3: What time did the train leave France?
2: Right.
0: Uh... Let's not get into the other variables and scenarios that that could possibly lead to. That's that's fun. <laughs> All right. This this next one's nah, it's not even controversial. I'm not going to say it's controversial. I Maybe it's controversial in my brain because I think one of these is better than the other. I think it's a fun discussion topic. Yeah, totally. Well, here, so before wait,
2: before we move on, I have a quick question. A little yes, controversy. Um, um, are we uh, pro-basing your vehicles?
0: No. I am not. Jeff? Uh...
1: I generally am not, unless you're going for a basing theme, in which case, go for it. Why not?
0: I, sure.
2: I, I, I'm i also... I just don't get it. It it's not. It doesn't look right to me, but I understand there are people that do it, and that's totally fine. I just always find it like... like, Yeah, it doesn't work in my brain. So
0: Yeah, there there are a few circumstances where I've seen them, and I'm being like, that looks really nice. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of times where I see it, and I'm like, it looks like Flames of War. Like, I don't know why... I don't know why sometimes you base them. I don't know; it's personal preference, obviously, sure. and I think all of us agree that we don't like it. But right. well, I'm wondering if there isn't you know, some
2: reason why they do it, and we just don't get it, which is probably the case. I'm just.
0: I remember, I do remember a circumstance, and I don't remember where this was. It might have been at the Bug Eater that I went to, um, where the model had issues. There was a resin model from Warlord, and it had some issue where it was kind of wobbly. So mm-hmm. they put it on a base to make it not wobbly, okay. which makes perfectly good sense. Like, if that is the case, right. sure, by all means. Um, I don't know. Okay. Yeah.
1: And storage solutions sometimes, how you store a vehicle if it's
0: easier if it's on a base
1: sometimes. For, oh, well, especially true. if
0: you're magnetizing it. Yep. Like, if you put it on a magnet tray and you, like... I I know that I've tried to figure out a solution to do that on normal tanks. Mm-hmm. And it requires you to, like, build up a little spot and have a magnet there for the... Yep. Tank. Yep, in there. ...tank. Yeah, it just... Maybe for basing yeah. purposes, that would make life easier. But.
2: Yeah. So if 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 anyone out there love basing their vehicles and stuff like that, uh, yeah, let us know. Why help us understand? So I mean, we're not anti doing that. It's just no. it's just not no. something that we see very often. It never anymore. it yeah. never
3: occurred to me to do that.
0: I, if you could measure from them, it would make more oh, sense. <laughs> because it, <laughs> no, I mean, just from a standpoint of like. It is like a definitive line, whereas like there's sometimes right.
3: well, know, then there's a little bit of fudging with well, the you know, the different sizing and the different vehicles and stuff like that. You know, where, where's your uniformity and the, the base size that right. it has to be on? It. So that's
0: fair. I mean, that would be. They we're starting into Warhammer world here, so right. Um, Quickly step away. Yes, yeah. yeah, so let's let's back away. Let's, that's a silly place, right? <laughs> anyway, all right. <laughs> so this next one is an interesting. I agree. I think it's an interesting discussion. So. Operation Snafu, we do 1,250 points, and we do 12 dice. I don't I mean that that's where we stand right now. It's the last, the that's, last ones that's we've done. The last
3: this. Last three we've, we've run have, been, have, had, right, uh, have all had been done. An order dice limit.
0: Right. Which meant that you could have more units than the 12 that you put in the bag. However, you could only activate 12 units in a turn.
3: And this that, course is covered in the appendix, if you guys know there is such a thing, mm-hmm. uh, page 213 and 214. There was an exception right.
2: to that. Um, if your team earns a special objective at the end of the round, you could have an additional dice added to your bag. Right. There that was, was, a possibility that was of a our, our
3: dive, tournament exclusive 15th. as far as talking right. to an order dice limit is. Sure. Yes. Right. Sorry, I'm just trying to get units.
2: people excited about the operation. Right.
3: Uh, <laughs> we've got plenty of time for that. I mean, we, can,
0: we, can, we can play around with different dice shenanigans for sure. That'd be an interesting.
3: Yeah, just because uh, that's what it was in previous years doesn't mean we don't have something worse than that. I mean, more exciting than that plan.
0: Well, I mean, when we did that, so to, to give the scenarios or into the, the background on it, for those that haven't listened to the other 59 episodes, um, our goal was to get you to bring some things that you don't normally see, uh, a la Tigers or a Pershing. Like, and that worked maybe the first two years, yeah, yeah give well, or take. We had some last year. I feel like people were starting to catch on and maybe, maybe not bringing as many of the cool big tanks, but, you know. We're still seeing some stuff that we probably hadn't seen before.
3: Yeah, last year I know we had at least three lists that were over the order order dice limit. So, okay, which is fine except for uh, halfway through the third game when one guy was like getting in a yelling match with somebody because he just assumed he always got to put the twelve dice in the bag even if he only had eight units left on the table.
4: <laughs> oh shoot! Uh, <laughs> like
3: yeah, you've waited how long before someone finally had that happen to you? Okay, uh, yeah, that's
0: that's wrong. Shit. What do you do what I mean, what would he do with the other four dice once he's done, like, <laughs> like What do you do with those dice You don't get to give two unit two dice to a unit, that wouldn't make sense. No, no, he
3: he only had eight units left to the table, but was still putting all twelve of his dice in the bag. Well,
0: right, right. I'm yeah. just saying what did you what would you do when you drew the last four dice? Well,
2: just, nothing, obviously. Nothing? <laughs> it's just yeah. a dice bag advantage. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that's Fair. that's not how it works <laughs> for the record. No, that that is not how any of this works. Anyway, so Uh, With the returning of Bug Eater, which is a tournament in Omaha, Nebraska, um, they've changed their format from 1,000 points to 1,000 points, do whatever the hell you want, to 1,250 and have a hard cap on units at 14. They'll put a big asterisk on that, and you can get free units on top of that. So you could have 15 with your Soviets. Right. Right? Yep. So essentially, you can't bring more than 14 units in the Army. Period and stop. Yep. Again. Unless you have free units. But it's just a weird like it's a different
2: I don't think that's weird or different. I think that's the more common of the I, two I,
0: I think that's what Las Vegas opened things, was last year so. too. is, is the last was time they played. It's yes.
2: a unit limit as opposed to an order dice limit. So
0: Yep. I mean okay. No, and it probably is the more common. I just don't think I like it as much. Mm-hmm. I don't, personally. And there's there's a couple reasons why, and the first one being is that, what if I want to take more units? I think it's, and I don't want to activate them. That's on me. Who cares? Um, I don't know.
2: Well, I I'm I, I'm probably completely biased because I can't remember the last time I had to deal with an, um, a unit limit, but I find um, I find the dice bag, the order dice limit, just to be a little bit more interesting. So simply because um, if you've got more than than our, our limit is 12, so if I brought a, a list with 15 units, then I have, um, it's, it's an efficiency check in that, okay, in this turn right now, um, I've got X number of dice available to me, but I have more options than I have dice. And so right. you have to weigh what's the most important, which means that you might end up with one order dice and two units that it's like well shoot which which one of these am i going to pick so i find that to right. be interesting more interesting
0: for, there's and there's other things like you just you just explained like with a 14 order dice and this this is what i was actually playing around with when i was making a list for bug eater is that it it ultimately requires you to make the most ult, like the most optimal choices it you know i can't bring any fluff if i wanted to for instance in a couple, a couple, un, a couple armies, two years ago at snafu, I saw medics. You know, yep. you're never going to bring a you're never going to bring a medic when you have a 14 dice limit, like or 14 unit limit, right? Right, because that that one dice is now how many points is like thirty, what fifty? points. Yeah, yeah, you're never going to bring that when it's so a ineff- it, it may be efficient for what it does to some degree, but it's not efficient point use of points. It's in, not efficient border dice. Use yeah right. O- right
2: over the course of a full game, um, there may only be one turn where you really want to use that w- use that medic. But you have to, you're paying for that ta- that you're you're being taxed for that every single game with an right. order dice limit. Um, you're not necessarily paying a tax; it's just available to you when you need it, provided that you've protected your assets and things. Well, like that.
0: Well, in, and in, I mean, in all honesty, the, the beauty I like the medic in, on order dice limit because. He's passive. His unit, his ability is passive, right? Yep. He doesn't have to have an order dice given to him to make his units
2: heal. Mm-hmm. Oh, he that's just the fair
0: point. You're right. It. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can run him up first turn, and then he just sits there and he gives his bubble for whatever length of time he can, and that's kind of cool. You mean like, your, I think your, multi, it's awesome. your
3: multi-launcher target?
0: <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? Like that—that that you'll never see that in in a hard cap. And I think that there's an interesting problem with like how you can exploit some of that with certain armies and certain theater selectors, um, a la the Romanians being able to take multiple free units, or the French being able to take multiple free units, though they're inexperienced in that circumstance, so it might be a little less valuable. But you know, free units plus a free artillery piece, that. Puts French at potentially three or four dice up, two or three dice up, right? Yep. That's not insignificant for like being able to do whatever you want. Like, I don't know, yep. it's kind of a, it's just kind of a weird. Mm-hmm. Whereas with with a with an order dice limit, you're able to, you could take as many units as you want. I don't give a shit. You right. just get twelve dice in the bag.
3: Yep. You know, right. Only twelve are going to are going are going to be able to actively do something. Right. I mean, the ones that don't, I mean, you can, they can still. They can have their quasi down order and still get the benefit from defensive positioning, you know, and not. If you run out of dice, they can still do that, but their their um, effective actions are limited to twelve whatevers on the table.
2: So it's, it's easier to finish games off too when you cap in the number of activations. So.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, which effectively both these are doing—they're limiting the number of activations you can do. Oh Jesus! They're three-hour yeah. turns at Bug Eater. Why do you need to limit anything? Right, I know. Uh, aren't,
2: aren't we three-hour? No, we're two-and-a-half, aren't we? Yeah, we're, yeah,
3: we're two or
0: two-and-a-half. So like. We are definitely not Gilligan's Island. Yeah. No, we're not the three-hour tour. No three-hour <laughs> tours
5: here.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. I'd love to discuss this more because I think it's a, I mean, the idea of, uh, I was kind of put off by the idea of even an ordered ice limit at a tournament. And when you guys brought that up for Snafu, I was like, this is really intriguing, but I don't know if I like it. And I've definitely grown to love it. Like I think it it creates um, strategy in your own list building and how you play the game. Yeah. You know, and it eliminates a few things that I really dislike. I hate the down order first turn bullshit. You know, where everyone's got all their reserves and they're like, oh, I'm just gonna give them my unit down. I'm just gonna give my other unit down. I'm gonna put my next unit down. Yeah. And you're like you just like you're just like five dice sitting on the side of the table because they have all their shit in reserve. I don't like that. I don't know why I don't like it, other than that I just... I think it it's a seemed, silly game. Do you seem to get yours done first and then have to move? It, it, maybe. It just doesn't feel... It doesn't I mean, feel like
3: you're playing yet.
0: Well, it doesn't even feel like you're, you know, that you're, you're. we're playing a war game here, right? You know, one of the big things about war in general is you want to be the first act. In this game, you actually don't want to be the first act. Well, not in the first and turn. And the best you way to do typically. that is to do that. Right. And it's just... Makes it bizarre. I don't know. It just it's kind of counterintuitive to a, a game where you feels like you should be aggressive, but instead I'm just gonna hide in the. I'm gonna put all my shit in reserve. I don't know. It's a thing, but it helps kind of limit that when you have an order dice limit because you only have so many units, mm-hmm. and I guess to some degree you're basically giving them res- down orders anyway. You're just not giving them them because you want to use your dice for actual things. So it kind of makes you want to activate stuff. Anyway. That was that. Um, <laughs> I like what Buggy is doing. I think it's. I think it's interesting that they went to twelve fifty. Um, this is not me sliding their tournament at all. I, their tournament is super fun. It's a cool place. It's for a cool cause. It it helps their debate team for the high school. So it's it has value. It's a huge tournament. They have a bunch of different tournaments going on at the same time. Although maybe that's not a selling point this year. If if. Covid still a thing to being a large tournament, though they do have a boatload of space. They have access to mm-hmm. a, essentially a giant gymnasium, and they're able to do that. Um, a couple years ago, when I went, they had good food. They brought in like what was it? What was it?
2: Church's chicken. So,
0: yeah, it was chicken. Raising uh, it was raising. No, raising canes. Raisin canes. Ra- yep. Yeah, it was raising raisin canes. canes. It was really good. It was a, a good time. Um, I had a blast with all of us, and we, you know, it was fun. They got to have the we got to play board games in the conference room at the hotel and all that fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do you guys want to go somewhere where you're not making us look like a nerdy hotel? You can go in this secret room in the back yeah. that has a nice big board table. Yeah. Essentially, I think that's what they were going for: is get us out of their lobby.
2: baby And if anyone was curious, uh, they can listen to episode ten where we recap that whole thing. <laughs> so,
0: dear lord, that, that was a long time it ago. Was. 50 episodes ago Oh, sad to say that I have not been back uh, We'll see If not this year, next year will probably be more likely
1: <laughs> I think you said that I, last year <laughs>
0: uh, I, I think I was hopefully optimistic that my twins would be better sleepers but they're not so good yet no.
2: I, think, so, I think I'm going to have to go because I have to start playing again because we've got WTC coming up next year and yeah, we got to I mean, start getting back into that as captain, I mean, Rick, you, you should probably go.
0: I'm not captain. No. Oh, you're, you're as, saying as the as captain. As your I captain,
2: I'm saying that you probably should go to Bug Eater.
0: My wife's phone number is, no, I'm not going to give you my wife's phone number. But you probably need to talk to her more than <laughs> uh, And I know a good lawyer for divorce if that happens, I guess. <laughs> I don't think I can. I, I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can accomplish. Well,
2: she knew what you were getting into when you signed up.
6: <laughs> She's, she
0: knew I, she knew i was going to ireland i don't think she expected me to live bolt action every day <laughs> and it's been a while so no I, I i mean i'm excited for the idea and prospect of it we'll see what i can accomplish again it it does actually no i don't know if i don't know if it actually translates very well to to wtc but i guess it could
2: i think it's more just about getting playing Games? again and oh yeah for sure getting reps in right and because you gotta i mean i well yeah i believe in iteration my, I, and getting your brain to think about those things again so
0: i i will say that that my 14 order dice american army well i guess the problem is it's not it's not 1250 it's a thousand points that's a big difference actually you lose a lot of stuff for 250 points yeah
2: um because i'm gonna try to take my list and just modify it somehow so
0: yeah i was gonna say the problem is is my my veteran list was uh was 14 dice of flamethrowers, and it was. It seemed amazing on paper, but it doesn't work at 1,000 points. It may, maybe it would. I don't think it would. I guess you could downgrade all of the engineer squads to regular. That would be kind mm-hmm. of a thing, but it's not the same. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> this one is an interesting one, too. Someone posted the most...
3: Large, uh, ridiculous, amazingly, cool-looking... Yeah.
0: Tank, yeah,
3: I, mountain, what, what, what does it classify as?
0: It is the brute squad, right? Um, the P one thousand Land Cruiser. rats yeah, rat. This is the rat. The rat. So the mount. We had the mouse, and this was the rat. So it's uh, as you know, a mouse is smaller than a rat. So if you want to put it all together, <laughs> a rat. This rat was enormous. So this is just uh, theoretical, obviously, um, from <laughs> from World War Two. Was just on a piece of paper, right? Like they just it circled circled
3: Discord a couple different ones, and it it was on Facebook more a couple times. They worked on some experimental rules for it, and
2: well, was it? Wasn't there something of a historical basis for for this?
1: Barely, it's a fever dream that was designed, right. but never got anywhere past you know a drawing board.
2: It was incredibly right. impractical, right? <laughs> right. Completely but impractical. There, there, there is something in the foundation of this that actually kind of comes from the the period. So, yeah. this
0: this to me is a perfect example of um, shit. What is it called? Uh, conflict 40, 47. right? Like the what if future of the Germans and they made they actually made their rat like oh my god this thing is a beast
2: well i mean there are some big guns that the germans did make so they right, did, yeah you
0: know. right i mean and and i think when you look at everything so i mean how many pages is, is the rules for the thing i mean it's a it's a it's a beast and i think we were looking at it and it was it had some interesting things like i i found it interesting that it came with well two. if um if,
2: if folks are interested where can they find this
3: good
0: question. I don't know that they can find it. Uh,
3: I know it got kicked up to Paul Walker.
2: Um, I believe that there he was gave some feedback on it. Yeah, there was some interaction on the Bolt Action Facebook group, Facebook page. Yeah, right. Yeah. So if you yeah, on our Discord, it you could, was there too. Yeah, you could go and have a look. Um, so you can kind of read did for he yourself post the rules as well. There? I think some, some of he them did. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, and there were pictures of it on the table.
0: Dude, it looks incredible. Yeah. Like I was like. Jesus, it's m- a monster. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, bigger than the
3: Superstar Destroyer and Armada in comparison <laughs> to the rest of the models on the table.
2: It's bigger than if you're familiar with Armada. It's bigger than the 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 house rows that were on the table. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: right. When when you got a tank that can't get cover from a three story house,
2: Oh no, it can. It's just able to bear, uh, yeah, get yeah, cover sure. from it and also shoot over it and so. shoot
0: over it. Yeah, yeah it can yeah, it can yeah. man the three story house. <laughs> It could flatten the three story house easily probably. easily and not and not even have like, oh, did we run something over yeah right yeah this Whoops. this
2: one isn't falling into the basement if it happens to go through the house so.
6: <laughs>
0: it just floats right over it, yeah <laughs> trench warfare, who needs that, <laughs> all right, well, it had all sorts of cool rules i I don't know if we want to go through them all no, um no, but if if you post them again on Facebook or on our discord, check it out. It, it's got the some, pictures of the
3: model are just. Freaking cool to look at. So whoever Sna- made that was that, the that, close part. Yeah. That, that was pretty awesome. That's some pretty yep. serious work involved because that ain't a kit,
0: right? How many How many points was it? Like uh, 2000? 2000, something Two to around
3: three
1: thousand, depending how it was kitted yeah. out. So yeah, don't try
3: and bring it to the Operation Snafu because we don't have that many points.
0: And it's not an approved model.
3: <laughs> it's not on my list yet. <laughs> oh, hey, I did. I did update uh, the all the list, all the unit selections from uh, D Day Two. So I'll be posting that sometime soon. Nice, nice. Right. So,
0: yep, that's that's good. Sweet. Um, all right. I don't know what this thing is, Pat. Bolt action trivia Triathlon.
3: Well, uh, you remember uh, back in episode fifty-five, we did some uh, some bolt action Jeopardy.
0: Wait, what? Huh?
3: Huh? You guys don't remember that? <laughs> what is
0: What is forgetfulness?
3: Okay. Well, I've come up with a new trivia format for you guys. If you're, oh, all right, if you're interested. So I'll give you a quick rundown. Then we go through each section. And I'll remind you of the rules again. Uh, so it's like I you have, know us. <laughs> I, have, I have shit. I need. To I have three lists more. in front of me, and I, I uh, wrote down your names as you guys came into the the cast channel randomly, or however you came in. Uh, and what the lists are is you're just going to try and name off one one thing that might be on this list, and then the next person will get to name one, and so on until. Uh, Either can't think of one or repeat one that's already been said, and then you're out for the rest of the round, and the other two will continue until the last person there is able to rattle off as many as they can. Okay? Okay. Okay. Uh, The second part is just a simple trivia. I have four categories, each which have four questions, and each are worth one, two, three, or four points. So (laughs) we'll keep a running total of your points. And the last one, uh, I basically... We'll give you a series of clues that you'll have to try and guess the answer to. So I'll give you one clue, and whoever shouts in, you know, use your name as your buzzer, and you can guess what I'm trying to drive the clues to. And I'll get to the topic when we get to that section. But uh, I, I think this will be kind of fun, you know.
0: I'm all for I'll, I'm all for fun and shenanigans. Okay.
3: All right. So here is the order. That we'll be going through. Uh, we'll start with the three different lists, and we'll start with list number one. And Dale, you will be first, Okay. followed by Rick, and then followed by Jeff.
0: So, so what is the list of? That's what I'm about to tell you. Oh, okay. All okay. right, so
3: Bolt Action World War II War Game Rules was published, second edition, in January 2016. Since then, there have been 16 Bolt Action supplements published. This is this is the list of 16. So, Dale, can you name one of them? Yeah. Name one. <laughs> <laughs> That's re- where you name it? Yes.
2: Yes. <laughs> uh, Empire influence.
3: Uh, that nope. is incorrect. I said. Was, I said uh, season one. Oh, that cool. was season one. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm out.
0: Fortress Budapest. Uh,
1: correct, Jeff. Armies of Germany, Second Edition. Cheer. Correct, Rick. Uh,
0: Battle of the Bulge.
1: Correct. Campaign France. The new one. Uh, technically
3: Battle of France, yes. Correct.
6: Correct?
0: <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> uh, shit. I'm not going to... Three, two... No, nope. Go ahead. One. All right, Jeff, how many can you rattle off?
1: Oh, fuck. Um, Marianas and Palau? Yep. Uh, let's see here. Um... What is the Western Desert campaign? Western Desert. That is correct. Uh, I should have thought of that one. Was it D D Day? um, uh, Shit, was it the Canadian 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 sector? Does that count? Is that out?
3: That is in there. Yep.
1: Okay. Yep. Uh, Let's see. uh, Three. Fuck, I think Bagration was after that. One. Time's up. Bagration.
6: <laughs> uh,
3: nope. So there's campaign sea lions, sea lion, yeah, mm. yeah Guinea, Road to Berlin, Market Garden, <coughs> Day Overlord, Bolt Action, Korea, Stalingrad, mm. and now up and coming, which I would have given you D-Day US selector,
1: but yeah, uh.
2: that's fair.
3: All right. So we've Dale had, zero, Rick two, Jeff at five. We've
2: had Still two Lampy D-Day books, game. right? So far, Alright. There are two yep. so far. Yeah. Okay.
0: There's the third one that's
3: on the way. Up. Yep. Uh, all right. So. The second list. There are currently 24 armies in Bolt Action 2nd Edition that have army list entries. (laughs) And we're going to start with Dale again.
2: Russia. Uh, United States. Soviets,
3: yes. Rick. I said United States. United States, States, yes. Jeff. Great Britain. Britain, yes. Dale. Uh, Germany. Germany, yes. France. French. Yes. Jeff.
0: Japan. Uh,
3: Japanese. Yes. Dale. Italy. No,
2: they Italy.
0: don't have a
3: book. Yes. Rick. I said army list. I didn't say book. <laughs> uh, Romania. Romanian. Yes. Jeff. Finland. Finland. Absolutely. Dale.
2: Uh, Canada. It-
3: Canada, yes, in D-Day 2, but very good. Australia. Rick, Australia, yes, in New Guinea. Jeff. Norway. The ever-popular up-and-rising Norway, yes. Dale. Hungary. Hungary, correct. Forged boost that made them very strong.
1: Rick.
0: Mm-hmm. Po- Poland.
3: Polish Lancers are a thing. Jeff. Bulgaria. Yes, Bulgaria is there. Dale. China. China also there. Rick. Uh, The Netherlands. Is that real? Looking ahead to the agenda, yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I wasn't looking at the agenda. (laughs) I was going to say the Dutch, but same difference. (laughs)
1: Uh, Partisans.
3: Yes, partisans are in fact an army list. Motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, Let's see. Um, We've got.
0: Open Easy Army. There's like eight left. Eight Eight, left. uh, Greece. Six left.
3: Sorry, Greece. Yes, five left. Rick, four, three,
6: mm-hmm. two, no,
1: one. No, time, Jeff. So, yeah. Give me a second. Who am I missing? Yeah, here? I'm like trying to figure four, out which ones I missed. Are three, two,
0: Holland.
3: Holland is actually Dutch. Yeah, that is. I'm just gonna oh, say that's, that's Dutch. That's yeah. yeah. That has been he's said. Buying, he's buying Dale. Nope, you're out, Jeff. Dale. <laughs>
2: Oh man, um, India,
3: India. Yes, dual sun. Very good. Keep going, Dale.
2: Um, does did Burma get a list? Burmese? I don't think nope, so.
3: They're still under the Commonwealth. That is incorrect. Oh, yeah. there's, uh, there's Belgium one that I think. was still in there. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Danish were in Germany. Strikes. That's what I was thinking of. Fuck. New Zealand are in Western Desert, and so is South Africa.
2: Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. a South
0: African list. Interesting.
3: There's a South African list in Western Desert. Yes. All right, so Dale is at eight. Rick is also at eight. Jeff is at ten. So I'm we're still board. pretty close. I think you guys might struggle on this one a little bit. I went easy Great. on the first two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we still struggled. That was easy. Shit.
2: This better so not be I, I've got like a list of variants.
3: twenty-six allied tanks fuck. and tank hunters oh, that fuck. have a base veteran cost. The requisition points are in excess of three hundred. Fuck.
0: <laughs> Axes and allies? No allies. 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 There's 26
3: Oof. allied tanks or tank hunters that oh have, gosh. at veteran cost, start at That's 300 right, or okay. uh, 300 points or more. So it looks like we are going to... Uh, Dale will start us off.
2: Um, the, the Pershing.
3: You Pershing Heavy Tank. Yes. Rick.
2: The Hellcat.
0: The Hellcat. Isn't that... No? I don't even
2: think they... No, they did make that. It's just not fast like it should be.
0: Correct.
3: Hellcat. No, sorry, Rick, you're out. Jeff. Damn.
1: Um, Churchill Avre. That is correct. Dale.
2: The crocodile.
3: Uh, British crocodile is yes the Churchill
1: Mark. Four. Yep. Back to Jeff. Uh, the Comet A thirty six Comet, I believe. Yep. Four hundred twenty
0: six points. Dale.
2: Jeez. Uh, the Crusader. The oh, was that too late in the war, or is that after World War II?
0: That was after Crusaders. Yeah, uh, was Crusaders,
1: not. early war. You're you're thinking of a different one. Yeah, that is not here.
2: That's all I got. I don't. Yeah,
0: Jeff. Yeah, this is Jeff's category for sure.
2: Well, maybe. um
1: The Easy uh, Eight Sherman at a veteran, I believe, is over three hundred.
3: Uh, be more specific
1: uh what the M, the m4e8 easy8 no. Sherman
3: nope the, that nope that Sherman didn't make it the jumbo did though
0: 292.
1: yeah oh well okay the, okay so
0: the jumbo would the be The jumbo
3: there. the Calliope m36
1: Jackson is he thinking uh, of the M- Centurion Is that in a book I don't remember if that actually made a book anywhere that, I, swear I, I think, I think it did because it was
2: really, it actually looked really cool if I'm not mistaken it,
1: uh, in Korea, it might have been the that might be something. in the Korea book.
0: I think that is in Korea.
2: Oh, okay. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, there you go. That's where it is.
0: So
3: there's the the cruiser challenge, the cruiser tank challenger, uh, Churchill's one through four and two CS, Churchill's seven and eight, Firefly. Uh, that was what I meant. The oh, Archer really? the Achilles. The and then there's a whole list of Russian tanks you guys didn't even get into. OG, oh, IS two, IS three, KV eighty five, KV eight. KV oh, KV I'm 1, sorry. 15, I
1: thought you said tanks that actually existed.
3: KV-85, IS-2, IS-3, ISU-122, SU-100, SU-152, and the KV-2.
0: Oof. Veteran purging is 484 points. Ouch. No. Well, we suck. Sorry, Pat. No. I I knew that was going to be a tough
3: one, and knowing that is why I changed, I didn't put the other list in and change that to something else, so... All right, so Dale's at 10, Rick's still at eight, and Jeff is at 12, so it's still anybody's game. So the next...
0: Oh, shit, there's more?
3: Okay. It's a triathlon, so there's three different, three different games uh, in one here. God, so we just finished got swimming. It. All right. We just finished, yeah, yep. we just finished the first one. So what is it? So I'm pretty sure shark can beat me in swimming, but I can run faster than shark, so it really comes down to you can ride a bike faster.
2: That's
0: right. Yeah, except you swim first, of the shark ones. No,
3: there's there's that. (laughs) Depending on where he's swimming, I guess.
2: (laughs) If you're in the the same
3: water, you're screwed. (laughs) Pretty much. Okay, so this, you don't have to use what if, but if it makes you feel better, you can, but these are just basic trivia questions. All right. I have four categories, um, and we will be starting with Rick this time. (laughs) It'll be Rick, Dale, Jeff. Uh, You will get a chance to hear the whole question. And if it's your turn, you get to respond. If you answer incorrectly, the other two can use their name as their buzzer to jump in and steal the points from you.
0: Okay, so it's your question to answer. To, yep. To mess so up. we've got, got the
3: categories are armored vehicles, army special nope. rules, scenarios, nope. or nope. premium veterans. No. Nope. Now, premium <coughs> veterans. This is uh, a veteran or is a veteran unit whose cost is at least fifteen points or more.
0: Okay. Premium veterans is a unit that has uh, yep. So if veteran that costs more than fifteen points. Fifteen points or more, yes. Okay, so it's basically crazy weird stuff. Got it. Okay,
3: crazy weird stuff. You um, got it. Well, I didn't want to make it too easy, but all right. And they're all valued yeah, one, two, yeah. and 4. You can valued one two three and four. You can take whichever question you want. Go ahead, Rick. You're first.
0: Uh, let's do army special rules for one.
3: All right. Uh, whenever the unit of infantry or artillery model fails a morale check and would otherwise be destroyed as a consequence, take the test again and apply the second result. What is the name of that army
4: special rule?
6: Uh, Dale. Dale. Uh, well,
4: <laughs>
0: no, no, I the get the answer. First, right? I know. No, okay. Not one step back. Dale.
4: That is it Dale? Dale.
3: <laughs> yeah, Dale. I hear, I hear you. Yeah, that is incorrect. Yeah, right? we hear you. I, I, it's,
2: yeah, I think well. it's, it's the Soviet special rule.
1: Yeah, I need the name of the rule. Is it for the motherland? Yeah, this why I said the... I'm hitting my raise the hand thing
2: if he doesn't get it. Is it for the motherland?
1: That is incorrect. Jeff? Great patriotic war. That
3: is correct. Damn it. Uh, it, it is also, I knew it was a sober It is role. also unsurpassed, unsurpassed bravery in
0: the Indian War. Yeah. Okay. Is this really a good idea, Pat? It makes us look like idiots. <laughs> <laughs> At least it makes me look like an idiot. All right. <laughs> All right. Dale, uh, it's your question.
2: Um... Uh, let's Army do vehicle. no 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 let's do um, let's do premium veterans for uh, four
0: for four <laughs> points Alex. daily double okay uh,
2: so just so we can you know test the water we'll see what we're up against
0: yeah just stick a toe in this, Soviet, Union, this in. Soviet
3: unit from the road to Berlin campaign book has tough fighter and not one step back special rule and means death to spies uh,
2: it's a Soviet group or a Soviet unit well that
3: was in the question <laughs> um
2: well I'm just I'm just thinking through okay. it. And it's on the road to Berlin. Yep. Um geez. And it's something about spies, so Death to spies. Death to spies. I I don't know, like five s- uh, elite NKVD. Four, three. Guys. That is incorrect. Yeah, I don't know.
3: Jeff Rick?
0: I mean, I don't lose points if I say Rick, right? No, you don't. <laughs> I, I'm going to guess Storm Group. That is incorrect. I think it's the That's R- a solid guess. Those are you got a Stalingrad. guess? Yeah. Uh,
2: uh,
1: uh, NKVD Spetsnaz? I don't know. No, I it, was don't know that s-
3: it is the Smirsch Squad.
0: Smirsch! That's it. Damn it, Smirsch. Smirsch. Oh, it's a good old Smirsch. Papa Smirsch. Well,
3: that, that was the, that was was the really toughest cool. one on the board, so you guys got rid of that one. Well,
0: thanks for... Flushing that toilet,
2: yeah. <laughs> hey, Jeff? Well, if I had gotten stupidly lucky, I might have gotten an easy four points. Point right. right <laughs> no, good point. Good point.
0: Yeah.
1: So uh, what were the categories? Is there an armored vehicle category? There is an armored vehicle. Yes. Yep, all four I'll,
3: questions. I'll take so. that for four. All right. Ouch. Uh, in the Armies of the United States book, there are five tanks or tank destroyers with the recce rule. Three of them are Stuarts. Name the other two.
1: Uh, the M18 Hellcat.
3: That's one. What's the other one?
1: Uh, sorry, run the question one more time Just so I make sure I the I mean. In the Army's
3: United States book There are five tanks or tank destroyers With the recce rule Three of them are Stuarts. Name the other two
1: oh, Fuck M18 Hellcat And the uh, Almost has to be the M36 Jackson right.
0: That is incorrect Oh fuck, okay <laughs> If Jeff can't give this, I, I give up uh, Dale Dale
2: Dale, Dale. 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 I'll Dale go what do you got? Uh, the Grant.
3: No. Rick, you got to
0: guess? Name uh, a U.S. President.
2: <laughs>
0: you guys are going to hit yourself in the head when you The, 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 the Washington. No, I... Um, that is incorrect. <laughs> is that Washington?
3: You had that... Jeff, you had the Hellcat. The other one was the Chaffee.
0: Oh, sure. That's um, yeah.
1: right. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're back to you, Rick. I should
0: have known that one. Again,
1: not actually deployed in World War II, really, so... Well... I mean, you're not wrong. It's in the book. Yep.
0: S- special rules for two.
3: Army special rules for two. Again, you will have to name the army special rule. Yep, yep. <clears throat> All regular and veteran infantry units make up to a nine-inch move after both sides have finished set up, but before the game begins.
0: What is Sparrow Tactics? That is correct.
3: Nice. Moves nice. you up to ten.
2: Good one. Woo! Dale? Um... Uh, army special rules for
3: three all right army special rules again you are naming the special rule units may be deployed in hidden in the first end in the first turn of the game all infantry units treat rough ground and obstacles as open ground for purposes of movement um,
2: four, um, four. three it's like two, um, like woodsman or one. something eh,
0: eh. Rick go ahead Rick is it Earthcraft? No. Or is it Metalcraft? craft? It's not something correct.
1: Like Jeff? Fieldcraft. Fieldcraft
0: is field correct. Damn. damn it, I was so close, you were so wrong. <laughs> you were close. You had the craft part. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew it was something like... I've, I said so Earthcraft. To it was not Jeff. Earth, it was
1: Field. Damn it. I'll take the armored vehicles for three, then.
3: Armored vehicles for three. Uh, the British tank was specifically designed to level fortifications, and was armed with the petard mortar.
1: Churchill A V R E.
3: That is correct. Moving you up to nineteen. Shit, I'm at ten. Then. So is Dale.
2: I need to. Uh, have to pick a quote-unquote easy one.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, but when we get when we get to the to the final stage of the triathlon, the the three remaining questions are worth six, seven, and eight points each. So there
1: you
0: go. We we will still film those Rick! Right. on <laughs> Uh, special scenarios f- or special rules for th- three? Is that still uh, available? Special rules for four is available. Yes, let's do that one. Okay.
3: Are you sure? It's for
0: four <laughs> points. When, def- why, why not? when
3: defending in an assault, Australian infantry and artillery units counts as having the fanatic special rule. Name the special rule that gives them this. Oh,
0: fuck.
3: <laughs> the four point ones are supposed to be tough.
0: I know. Um, Five, four, mm. three. Mm. Two, one. It's tough skin, I don't eight, know. Something uh, like that. Nope. Not even close. I know.
3: Dale or Jeff? Four,
1: three, two. Uh, I don't lose one. points for guessing, right? Correct. No. Emu power, go. <laughs> no, Dale, you got a shot.
2: Uh, good day, mate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is never give
0: up. Uh, oh, yeah. No, that makes sense, but what would have never got All right, that was Rick, so we're I'll back never to give Dale. Up.
2: Um,. Um,
0: we got scenarios, armored
3: vehicles. Still let's has do the one veterans two. for one. Premium veterans for one. Okay. <clears throat> Found in the battleground Europe and Ostfront, this German unit has four special rules, which include paranoia and sabotage. Name the unit.
2: Um, I don't know, Brandenburgers.
0: That is correct. Yeah. Yep. That is Woo-hoo. correct. That is correct. All right. I think we would have all been fighting for that one, Jeff. Yep.
1: Uh, remember that. Armored vehicles for two?
3: Armored vehicles for two. All right. Uh, these Matildas were both flamethrower tanks developed by the Australians for use in the Far East. Name one of the two. The Frog. That's correct.
2: How's that not a four? Yep. Jesus.
3: <laughs> uh, that, that's an easy one. Frog and Murray
6: <laughs>
0: Back to Rick. Um, veterans, veterans for three. Is that still available? That is still available. See,
3: take that one. All right. Uh, these soldiers were hand picked elite of the Finnish army, included world class athletes, skiers, and marksmen. Remember, these are all base costs of 15 or more.
0: The, the, the Capricudio, or whatever they're called. I don't know which one it is. That's what my guess. It sucked. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I know what you're going for, and yes, you're correct. Uh. The Cockapachio <laughs> yeah, Long Distance uh, Recon Squad. <laughs> I was supposed to say that word. Long Distance Recon Squad. Sorry, I didn't get the Long Distance Recon Squad. <laughs> I knew which guys they were. Sorry, right, well, Dale. Um, We've
2: got
3: all the scenarios. we got one in Armored Vehicles and two in Premium Veterans.
2: Let's do the last one in Premium Veterans.
3: Alright, uh, these commonwealth units include a core of men trained in jungle fighting and survival techniques. Their special rules are behind enemy lines and fire and maneuver.
2: Um, it's the uh, the Chindits.
3: Chindits is correct. Two mm-hmm. points. Okay. And
1: back over to Jeff. Uh, I'll take the last armored vehicle one. Nobody's getting easy points here. Okay.
3: Uh, replacing the Panzer 3s and the Panzer Regiment, the Panzer 5 was more commonly known
1: as... Well, the Panzer 5? Yep. Is a, is a panther. That is correct.
0: Was Rick's like, I could have got that one. I might have accidentally said tiger because it was so sad. <laughs> All <laughs> right, so we've got... Yeah, yeah. Shit, the only, the only
3: category I've left are Scenarios. Yes, sir. Let's one through four, are all available, Rick. Um, what what are the points right now? Uh, Dale is at thirteen. You are at thirteen. Jeff is at twenty-two.
0: <laughs> I'll go. I'll go for the four pointer. All right, why not? Uh, in this scenario,
3: during turn one, visibility is limited to twenty-four inches. I need the scenario name.
0: I'm assuming this is a book scenario. Everything
3: in here is out of the book. In this scenario, during turn one, visibility is limited to 24 inches. Name that scenario. Five. Four.
0: Night fight. Three. I don't know which one that's called. That is incorrect. That's the rule, but not the thing. Dale or Jeff?
2: Um, four. Three. Two. Uh, I'll, I'll guess, Dale. Is it like Go breakthrough ahead. or something?
3: It is not. Meeting Jeff? engagement. No. I can't remember this <laughs> one. There's three of the six. It's no man's land.
1: Oh, that one does oh, start that,
3: okay. That's the one we never played, played Well, That's also the rule no one ever plays, too, for that matter. It's why, right, that's why I know right. it. That's why it was a four-pointer. <laughs> well, Dale? Yeah, that's more than fair. Uh,
2: Let's guys. do the three.
3: All right. In this scenario, both players must try to move as many of their units into their appointment setup zone or even off the opposing table edge. You name the scenario.
2: Um, uh, double envelopment. That is
3: correct for three. Wave well, as you well. go <laughs> up. Up to 16, Dale. Jeff uh, Two In this attacker defender scenario The defender's officer must be killed in an assault For the attacker to win A uh, Manhunt That is correct for two I'll take two one Twenty-four. And the last question, Rick This scenario's special rule allows All units entering the table as reserves To enter from any point on the table edge Except from the one which the last enemy unit Entered on the same turn I need the name of the rule
1: um,
2: the name of the rule, or yep. the okay. yeah
0: yeah, it's, uh, is it five? I know four, it's confused. Confused flanks. Is that your answer? It's, it's no, it's not right. <laughs> uh, it's it's Dale. confused ranks. Is that what it is? Four. That's my answer. I don't that know what it's wrong. It is. Dale. Dale.
2: Uh, isn't it confused deployment?
0: No. Oh. Jeff. Oh shit! That's what I thought it was too. So, uh, um, four, three. I'm just going to delete this whole thing because we all sudden... <laughs> no. uh, it, it is confused fight. Damn it. I, mean, I was close with flank, but Ooh. not quite right. I was there, just so close.
3: All right, so this last one. Um, this is uh, military figures, and this is, of course, oh, World fun. War II. So what mm. I will do... Betty group
1: first... in a Navy uniform. <laughs> Wrong kind of figure. Right.
0: Martha.
3: Uh, so... Each one of these, I will have a total of six clues, and I'll give them to you one, one at a time, and obviously each one's going to be more obvious to the answer. When you think you know it, shout out your name, use it as your buzzer. If you answer wrong, you're out for the rest of the question, and, you know, that's how it goes. So the first one will be six, second one will be worth seven, and the last one will be worth eight, and currently we're at 16 to 13 to 24, so Rick kind of needs to make a
0: run on this. Yeah, that's not going to happen. This is uh, this is where Jeff compounds
3: I the I guarantee problem. all of you have heard of all of these. that doesn't mean I remember well.
0: Okay, all right, that's fair. All right. Question one.
2: Jeff's just better at this kind of stuff than we are. That's all right.
0: Jeff Jeff has a lot more history behind his belt than I will ever have it. All right, ready? Yes. Clue number one. Uh, Served in first world
3: war. uh, Served in first world war, the Irish war, the the Irish war of independence, and the second world war. Clue number two. He was shot through the right lung by a sniper during the First Battle of Ypres. Yap- uh, keep going, Pat. Clue number three. got to give you time to think about it. These might add oh, up. Okay. Clue number three. Uh, during the Western Desert Campaign, he commanded the British Eighth Army. Jeff. Jeff, go ahead. Montgomery. That's correct.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
3: <sighs> But ensuring a victory here, Jeff.
2: Yeah,
0: you kind of, like I said, compounding the, the problem.
3: <laughs> well, hey, uh, following clues, uh, the remaining clues, just for posterity's sake. Uh, he commanded the British Eighth Army during the Allied invasion of Sicil- and it, uh, C- C- Sicily. Sicily, in Italy. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> tongues tied up here. <laughs> Sicily in Italy uh, was the. Commander of all allied ground forces during the Battle of Normandry, Operation Overlord.
2: I've always wanted to go to Sicily.
3: <laughs> uh, Nicknamed the Spartan place. General and Monty. I think you guys would have definitely got on the sixth clue. I,
1: I would hope so. Well, right. I, I hear
2: Kypris is I, really I, nice, too. <laughs> wow. Thanks, man. I can feel the love.
1: <laughs>
3: Ouch. All right. Oh. This one is worth seven points. So i oh, will yeah. keep Jeff below 50.
2: All right, let's see what we can do. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. All right, do.
3: graduated with distinctions on January 30th, 1905. Dale. Yeah? Rommel. No. Ah. Oh. wait a swing for the fence, though. Clue number two.
2: It's all on you, Rick.
3: <laughs> Was court-martialed and found guilty of neglect of duty in
0: 1908. Is this a World War II figure? Yep.
3: These are all World okay. War II figures. Big sure. Yep. Clue number three. Accepted the surrender of Japan on September 2nd, 1945, representing the United States. <clears throat> Jeff. Yeah. Jeff? Doug MacArthur. Yep. Incorrect.
1: Oh, shit, it isn't. Oh, it's not? Okay. Surrender of Japan. Yeah.
2: Yeah. On the boat. Oh. I guess it's not. Okay.
1: I guess it's not. Okay, cool. Here you go, Rick.
3: All right. Yeah, keep Clue going. Clue number four. Uh, ten days after the attack on Pearl Harbor, he was appointed commander-in-chief of the United States Pacific Fleet.
0: Oh, Keep clue going. Number
3: five was the leading U.S. Navy authority on submarines.
0: Let's see if I can be a totally well, no, number well, six. Yeah, just
2: get all of the clues. Yeah, he might was as well United all States'
3: last surviving officer who served as the at the rank of fleet admiral.
1: Can I guess after he doesn't get it at the end? Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yes. you know I'm not going to get it. Thanks, Jeff. I I, I
0: I appreciate the lack of confidence that I don't have for myself either. Because um, uh,
2: was that the last clue?
0: That was the last. Clue. That was the last. I clue. thought they were supposed to get easy. And it's nobody. i somebody know. Uh, it's easy. No, I thought it was supposed to be. Should easy, I know? But I don't know if it's easy per se. Yeah. But... None of the other people I would have guessed either. And, so and I actually, I don't know. there's
1: two people that, to my mind, it could be. But I'm going to guess one of them.
0: It's it, Eisenhower. That it's would it's be not my Eisenhower. Guess, but yeah, I'm just going to use yes. a stupid
3: Eisenhower was never a fleet
1: admiral. No, it's yeah, admiral. It's it's either Chester Nimitz or Bull Halsey. It is Nimitz.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would have never gotten that. Sorry, I'm not the
2: history.
1: It's boss. okay. I didn't realize he was the one that accepted the surrender. I thought MacArthur.
2: I thought it'd been oh, MacArthur too.
3: On the, on the boat was was kind of the, where you you talked it through there because yeah, MacArthur wouldn't have on the
2: boat. It would have been. It would have gone to what, the fleet admiral.
1: Sure, he was. He was. Well, sorry, I was thinking when they actually formally signed the surrender, MacArthur was absolutely on the deck of the Missouri when they did.
2: I thought it was him, but. But right, um, it's okay.
0: All right, somebody can send us Nancy Grams and Discord. if and know. I can
1: absolutely be wrong. I mean shit.
0: You were you weren't wrong many other times. Okay. All right, let's go to the well, last one. I mean, an like, eight
3: pointer. Oh, there's there's one no. more. Shit. Okay, sorry, there's one more. <laughs> sorry about that. I'll <laughs> let you guys off the hook after this.
6: Uh, uh,
3: I'll tone, I'll tone him down for sixty five.
2: No, this is fine. All right, this is
3: great. Uh, clue number one: worked as a Boilermaker before entering the military. Clue number two: during World War One, he was promoted to captain and sent to guard uh, to get guard the Butte Mountains. Copper mines. I mispronounced that. Butte, Montana. Mm. Copper Mines. Butte, Butte yep. Montana. No, Copper Butte, mines. Montana. Yep,
0: yep, 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 yep. Jesus.
3: Uh, clue number three. In 1941, he was promoted to wartime temporary rank of brigadier general. Kay. So you probably know he's an American at this point.
2: Yeah. Well, when you said Montana, that one, that one. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs>
3: In 1942, he was made a temporary major general and took command of the 82nd Infantry Division.
0: Rick, I'm going to take Go ahead. It. I'm going to say Patton. No. Sorry, no, it's not, but I might as well get my dumbass ass answer. Wasn't, it, like,
2: wasn't the 82nd kind of famous?
0: I mean, uh, sure. Yeah. Clue number
3: five. During Operation Overlord... He commanded three uh, three corps directed to, at the two American invasions: Utah Beach and Omaha Beach.
2: Who was the guy that did that? I, I, Jeff, go ahead because I can never remember. Clue this. number six.
1: Well, I'm going to let you have a shot at it. For I guess I'll guess at the end. <laughs> Has a tank named uh, after him still in service okay. today? For fuck's sake! Yes, I'm going to guess here if you don't.
2: Abrams would be my guess, but that's that never
0: it. in World War Two.
1: Right, Jeff? wrong war, but good guess. It's yep. uh, Omar Bradley. Yep,
0: that's correct. Seriously, I need to read a history book again. Apparently, <laughs> well, Abrams is the only tank on I ends. know
2: that's active now. So, but Bradley's those...
0: actually an infantry
1: fighting vehicle, but
2: okay,
1: you can call it a tank if you want to. But yeah, it's
0: got armor. It's got ar- and guns.
1: It's not a fighting in, vehicle. So, not a lot of armor though. <laughs> not enough to stop a uh, fifty cal. And that's about it.
2: Did he? Did he have a tank named after him during World War II, or is that, or is it in? Is it in active duty now?
1: It's active act- duty now. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Ian, uh, clubmate Ian, he used to drive one. Or oh, or there one. you go. Okay, and he was in the army. Oh, Very cool. cool. I, I believe he said he did. So,
3: so there you go. I hope I didn't embarrass you guys too terribly bad. Uh, oh, you, that's okay. No, Final score, like Dale. You finished with sixteen. Anyway. Yes. Rick, you had thirteen. I'm not Jeff the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty
0: eight. Hey, we kept him under fifty. Way to go, Dale. Virtual <laughs> high that's five. Nice job.
2: Did we? Did we? We tied him with our powers combined, right? Yeah.
0: Did we? Uh, I got 13. 13 and 16
2: 39
0: yeah there you go. Uh, you're missing it oh no whoops 29
3: 29. (laughs) so episode 65 will be
0: a math based quiz Uh. might do okay at that one but Jeff will still beat me in speed
2: well but I mean this is
0: carry the one there's a a carry of the one there somewhere
2: this is why the four of us work out because we're all good at different things
0: I was
1: going to say if we had a speed painting competition either of you would kick my ass so
0: I don't know if that's true you can paint like a whole army in a day yeah, but it's also going to be judged by how it looks. <laughs> All right. Should we take a break and come back for some other fun stuff? Yeah. Probably not a bad idea. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it. All right. Let's just let you, let's you, you guys, music. Let's
3: guys shake that one off.
0: Yeah, I, I need to go cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be back in a minute when I, my ego's unbruised. No, it's fine. All right. We'll be back in three and a half minutes, give or take don't know what the music is because pat didn't write in the agenda but but that's the way it should be hope you like it we always hope you like it all right all right i'll be back back in three bye
4: Was a little girl who lived next to me, and she loved the sailor boy. He was only three. Now he's on a battleship in his sailor suit. Just a great big sailor, but she thinks he's very cute. With his bell bottom trousers, coat of navy blue.
6: She loves her sailor, and he loves her too.
4: sailor boys away on the ocean blue soldier boys all flirt with her but to him she's true though they smile and tip their caps and they wink their eyes she just smiles and shakes her head then she softly sighs
5: oh bell-bottom trousers
4: coat of baby blue she loves her sailor To see what he could see She saw that he ate spinach Now he's big as he can be When he's home they stroll along They don't give a hoot She won't let go of his hand Even to salute if her sailor she can't find on the bounding main She is hopeful he will soon come home safe again So they can get married and raise a family Dress up all their kiddies in sailors' dungarees
6: Oh, bell-bottom
4: trousers, coat of navy blue She loves her sailor and he loves her too
0: I'm never ready for this. All right, welcome back. Hope <laughs> you like the music. I have no idea what it was. I'm sure, we'll Still. Find
3: something. Maybe I'll start repeating. Do Waltzing Matilda. Uh, Waltzing Matilda. By yeah. By popular same. request.
0: I, if if anyone out there wants to, they could request music to Pat, and they all should be request for Waltzing Waltz Matilda. Can put,
3: a, put it put in our Discord. We've got over hundred people on our Discord now. So.
0: Woo. Jesus, it's fun. It's very communitive. There's lots of lots of talk yeah, there. My God, I like it. I can get no work done during the day if I can stare at Discord all day. Right? Between our personal like our small group one and then that one like it it's constant, you can constantly read stuff. It's troublesome. It really kills productivity if you don't want to work. <laughs> <laughs> Slow days between meetings is it, it's getting Good distraction. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie. There are a couple times where I'm like, "There's been a, a discussion about something in a meeting." when I'm like, "Oh, let me read this instead of listening to the meeting." I'm like, "Oh shit! I better probably should listen to my meeting." <laughs> like, oh, they're talking about me. I'm like, I oh, wait, hope, they yeah, asked me better. a question. Um, can, yeah, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? <laughs> the I dog was can doing something. Uh, <laughs> <of time. laughs> I have I have four little children that I can blame on that. Like, sorry, one of my kids walked in. there. You go. What What were what you? What did you ask me? <laughs> yeah. And only only occasionally do I have to be on camera. So. That usually works out. Um, <laughs> this this is a topic that we've talked about a million times, but we still could talk about a million more times because it's an interesting topic, and there's lots of people that have questions about it, I guess, to some degree. Yeah. Um, and I know we've... Well, Dale, you still have a 3D printer? Uh,
2: I have access to one, but um, I comboed it with my son, and he, oh, okay. he moved out and took it with him, so he's using it. So
3: Oh, so you oh, just okay. send him the prints and he has to make them?
2: Um, I don't do that right now, but it's oh. it's certainly um, available. Yeah,
6: okay.
0: <laughs>
2: Should do
6: that.
3: All
0: right. Um. So we're going to talk about some three D printing stuff again because I think uh, we,
2: this is, this came to a, it was a
3: direct question to us in one of our in one of our Discord oh, chats. Cool. So someone asked us to kind of give a rundown of you know uh, what what the pitfalls are and you know how do you totally. how do you select them and how do you use them? Where do you find stuff? Where do you find stuff to print? And you know those kind of
0: things. So. Sure. I'm going to sit out for most of this because you guys are better experts at this than I am.
3: Well, I will. I will try to be as much of an expert. I, I'm pretty good when it comes to the the FDM printing. Mm-hmm. Um, I am seriously looking at a resin printer, uh, and we'll we'll talk about why at the end of this, and you know what you can mm-hmm. do if you don't necessarily want to have one. There are there are some people that will do this for you, uh, but the resin printers—they just. I mean, if you're going to do miniatures, like dudes, that's the way to go. Yeah. I mean, for sure. If you, you want like great uh, square blocky stuff, sure, your FDM printer all day long. But let's, uh, and I, uh, let me start with a question for Jeff because him and I went down different roads when we first got into this. What was your selection process that narrowed you to your printer?
1: Um, sure. I knew I wanted to get an FDM printer to start with. Uh, and I listened to, we have a friend of the podcast, Dewey Cat, uh, who had done some printing stuff and shown us some stuff about it. And, had sent us a nice uh i don't know, call it a write-up about how it wasn't nearly as intimidating a hobby to get into as you might think <laughs> yeah he did
3: one for I'd, both I'd fdm and for resin so yeah. and i'll try and put a link to both of those
1: in the, the description yeah, yeah so which got me thinking and then i started looking at printers and you know i mean you do a lot of research on youtube you watch people in the hobby business that you kind of you know learn to trust their opinions and you try to learn things then what it really came down to in my selection is I was trying to decide between getting a a cheaper entry-level one, you know, like uh, an Ender 3 Pro, uh, or uh, more, I mean, it's still basic kind of, but it's more of the Cadillac one, which is a a Prusa. And I was discussing that with my wife, and she was uh, in the OR one day and apparently had mentioned that because, you know, people talk when they're in the or i guess that part of <coughs> dr dramas is correct and one of the other one <laughs> of the other doctors scalpel suture and <laughs> right right and i guess one of the other doctors in the room looked at her and said well if he's getting something make sure he gets a prusa because those are the good ones that don't start your house
0: on fire and i was like oh that's well, a that's that's, what you, that's, that's, that's good. The number one box to tick when you're trying to get something don't burn house down right Got right it. and so she yeah.
1: tells me that and i was like well you understand it's like that's almost twice the cost of a of a Ender Pro. I mean, right. They're pretty expensive. Even if you get the kit and she says, yeah, but you know, when you're buying something, you know, you're going to use a lot. Yeah. You should buy quality so that it works and you can, you know, not have to worry about it constantly breaking or tinkering with it. And I was like, okay. And I have not regretted that decision. I mean, I've done basic maintenance on my Prusa. It's got 16 kilometers of filament through it now. What Um, is that in miles? A lot. (laughs) Uh, yeah. I'd uh, say uh,
0: probably
1: nine ish. Yeah, something like that. yeah. Did you say nine ish? Nine
0: ish. Nine ish, yeah. And. 9.94194
1: miles. Jesus, I'm almost at. Oh, I might be at 10 miles by the end of the night. I'm still printing. Um, <laughs> you're 10 miles, basically. <laughs> and, and, I mean, 385 days of print hours on the machine. That's if insane. If I
3: could print 10 miles, then I would. <laughs> ten, 10
1: miles more. Yeah. No,
0: no, absolutely not. Right.
1: And I mean, no more. things I've had to f- fix with it or go wrong. I mean, knock on wood, nothing's seriously gone wrong. I've, I've had to change nozzles a couple times. I've replaced the belts. I replaced the smooth rods. That's all wear and tear maintenance you're going to have to do on any machine, though. Right. You know, nothing, nothing serious. It obviously hasn't set the house on fire, which is nice. Um, it was. added bonus. Add for a sure. bonus. It was definitely more expensive. Um,. If I were going to get another printer, I would have to decide between getting another one like that or, or building my own at this point because I got the kit, and so what I liked about that is you built it from – I mean, you got all the pieces, but you had to build every part of it. That saves you a
0: little bit of money on the printer
1: too. The like 250 like
0: bucks. Yeah, so yeah, mm-hmm. they can build it for
1: you. So the most
3: front. of them that you'll get uh, if you're not getting – if it doesn't say kit behind it. You, there right. is some assembly, uh, and so, you you know, you can – you tighten bolts on stuff and square things up but when, when Jeff you had the kit you were actually plugging stuff into the board and, oh, oh, and learning oh, yeah. the, learning the stuff as you go which every, I think every was every screw
1: every screw every wire location threading the wires putting them in the right spots on the board hell you barely got to that part every screw where it goes assembling the frame balancing everything as you build it it's I mean it took me like three days to put the damn thing together
0: that's cool whereas but,
1: yeah. I had a
3: slightly different approach I went my first entry, and I'm sorry, let me jump in just because just it's part of the, the selection process.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Is uh, so they're one of the most common ones on the market is the CR ten. That's a very mid-level entry, and it was you know, I was looking for a little more just the base because those used have have the bigger the bigger print beds, which is what I was looking for. And the newer model that had just come out was the TiVo Tornado, which was basically well, for lack of a better term, a knockoff of the CR10. They were the same, the same printer, basically just rebranded under a different name. You know, it's like Sony and Panasonic.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and that was probably, you know, where, where Jeff was talking about. He had the experience of learning what all the components were. I just put it together and let it go, and didn't know anything about it.
0: Oh, it was it was like two bolts you had to put together. Well, no, it, it was it, like it the... was
3: an evening. Okay. So you have to, you know, assemble the frame. You have to put the, you have to put the, the housing. You have to put the steppers together. But it was all pre-wired. and It was a, a six-pin connector into mm-hmm. the, the main computer, which right. that one proved to be the downfall because that's what actually ultimately ended up failing on mine. Mm-hmm. And there was no way I was going to be able to find and replace that six-pin connector. Once one of those the pins gets bent, you're, you're done. So, and when I first started having problems with it, I didn't have the same know-how that Jeff got with the kit, right? And knowing exactly what I was trying to do, I was ju- I just monkey wrenched the thing together based on a YouTube video and a set of poorly laid out instructions, and it, it worked great for <laughs> for you know a, a year. I, I certainly, in the train I printed, I got my four hundred dollars back. Yeah, but that's right. all I got. I basically broke even on that thing, and. The downtime on that was frustrating, and I didn't know enough about changing out. I knew how to change a nozzle, I didn't know how to change it correctly. I didn't know about trying to rewire anything, and I think that's where you had the advantage, Jeff, is that you had the kit that you knew that from the beginning.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: So I just wanted to just you know I, I think the T O Tornado and the CR10 are great printers. I don't think they're good entry level printers yeah. if you mm-hmm. want to if you want to plug and play.
1: You have to be willing to tinker if you're going to get uh, those printers, and just be aware of that. I mean, I mean, yeah. M- most of the, most of the videos online are like, you've bought this printer now. Here, are like ten upgrades you should immediately do. <laughs> yeah,
3: right. I think Dale and I were talking. You know, before we before we started recording, he's like, yeah, I saw those videos, and the the first thing to say is, all right, here now you have to do these five prints to finish your printer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what? I <laughs> thought it was. I thought I bought it and it was done.
0: Well, right, like it comes with like a spool holder, right? Like <laughs> no, a spool the
3: Tivo Chino came with a an STL file STL for to, to print yeah, the spool yeah, yeah. holder. It didn't even have yeah, the spool yeah. holder. That's
0: I mean, fun. to be fair, I mean, aren't half of pr- the Prusa parts like three D printed by Prusa? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like they're just many. They're like self replicating at this point. Right, yeah. Well, no, someone yeah, has to push a print on them first. So for for now, right, yeah, just just wait.
3: <laughs> I'm
2: pretty sure that you can upgrade your upgrades your 3d printers to ra- print remotely so you don't even have to get out of bed to press start yep. anymore you yeah. can just do i mean, I, c- I can it. do that with mine yeah yeah, yeah there's uh, a wireless yeah,
3: so. i mean there, there there are slicers that allow you to um access the the stuff remotely if it's plugged mm-hmm. in directly to
1: a computer yep. Yep. yeah yeah ra- i have a raspberry pi set up on mine so i can print remotely monitor there's remotely y- wi- that Wi-Fi. that sounds fancy
0: yep. so i'll get out
6: yep.
1: yeah it saves me walking 15 feet so you know. <laughs> well, the monitoring part is probably nicer. The monitoring part's nice. The bed leveling. There's lots of apps you can use in there. You can give you a 3D visualization of your bed level, things like that. It's it's pretty cool. Do you have the upgrade with in the pie um,
2: with the belt conveyor belt that will roll the last print off? And
0: <laughs> no, no, I haven't gone that far yet. <laughs> <laughs> I I did see that yeah. one recently. That I mean, but you have some weird bed adhesion issues. I'm sure there. Yeah, yeah, Maybe. probably. I, I think know, that'd be tough on bed works. leveling too. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know how that
1: works. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: So, so going back to the selecting <clears throat> a printer, like it, you have obviously the, f- the form factor and price are the two components you basically just talked about. Like how you tried to save a little money, and yeah, I, it worked for a long time, but not maybe as long as you want to. And I, I mean, it's hard to say that the Prusa isn't probably the best choice on the market for a 3D printer at that size. Uh, what is your printer, Jeff?
1: Uh, what is It's like 220, 220, 240, something like that.
0: That's in millimeters or millimeters, millimeters right? yeah. yes. Yeah, it's it's a relatively, I mean, you've made some pretty sizable prints. Yeah. So that's
3: that's a little over an eight by eight. Yeah, eight that's, inch
0: by and eight. And that's bricks for printing for, for their Everything. American counterparts,
1: right? Yeah, so <laughs> yeah,
0: thanks. Here,
1: I, I googled it. So it's it's okay. Yeah, 250, which is must be the vertical, 210 by 210. So so, like two, okay. yeah, two, ten nine inches. inches by eight inches by eight inches, basically.
0: Yeah, so I mean that's a that's a nice size print bed, fairly sizable. Yeah. yeah, you can use all of that.
3: Yeah, and the the CR ten and the TiVo Generators were four hundred by four hundred.
1: Yeah, that's a hell of a print bed.
3: And I think I think the vertical on them was eight hundred.
0: Jesus. <coughs> yeah, They're, they've got a big yeah got you, a big print you, area. You can
3: get almost uh, eight hundred. by 200. I think it was it was sixteen inches, so right around there.
0: I think. I do think the first upgrade I remember reading about the tornado was like get a glass get a glass yeah. bed, yep. Yep. like it was not it was not included. But you yeah, because uh, I remember that that bed didn't let go. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah I was like you're fighting it constantly. Apparently, yeah, and
1: that's one of the things I liked about the Prusa. They're more standard now, but the Prusa has that detachable pie sheet PEI sheet that's a flex steel sheet. Yep. So I can just lift it up when the yeah. print, and I just flex that thing, and it pops the prints right off.
2: Yeah, the ender the Creality came with that as well as nice.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's much more common now. It wasn't nearly as common when I bought my printer. But...
3: Yeah, but the crea- the Creality also comes with four uh, mini paper binder clips to hold oh. the bed on. To put it on. To put yes, it on so the sides. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't have to print those. at least. No. No. Didn't, didn't have to print
0: those. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, the this is the other side of it. And this is where I was like getting a little bit, um. Like apprehensive or not apprehensive, like this is where I was looking. In like, all you guys picked FDM printers, and I think that was because they're relatively easier. Uh, at the time, you know,
3: you go back two, three years, and the resin printers were still, you know, had very the, expensive. Very expensive. They had, were. That's a good point. Had actually, the, they had were the toxicity and the the vapors and all that, you know, stigma around them.
2: And I think I think that we were looking at enough generations in the FDM printers had occurred where you it felt. Mm-hmm. There was uh, there was a the, the entry level and quality had intersected at a point where it became um, more widely available to the common men like me. Yeah. So.
3: Sure. And that's where I went with my second one. After uh, the, uh, again, I think the t Tivochino is a great printer. It was not a good first printer for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure.
3: So, but okay. the under uh, when I selected that there was there was that was a price point thing. It was a smaller bed. But and I having learned my failures on the bigger one, I, I, I am now more comfortable making changes and tweaking things out and you know making wiring changes on it that if I think uh, if I were to get another printer, I would probably look at doing a resin this time.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah I mean, the reason why I wanted a printer was like I'd print miniatures like I'd print dudes like, and an FDM printer absolutely is not good at that. Like yeah. they just—it can't get fine a finer detail as you need. No, to. You,
1: well, you, if you dial your settings you could. In perfectly, I've seen some yeah. people with FDM printers get really nice looking miniatures. Are they as good as resin though? No.
0: Yeah, I mean it's—I it, mean, so, I mean, let's do we want dra- to go down the rabbit hole of what the difference is? Because the primary difference in these is the, the resolution is significantly higher in a resin printer because of how it uh, how it does yep. it right it's it's shooting uv light through a filter onto a bed and that resolution is dependent on what size screen you have on it right that's basically the premise of it right
1: more or less yeah
0: more or less i'm I'm using really dumbed down terms because i don't know all of the details but right the size of your screen is really what makes the resolution yep. and it's that's that's it. That's the difference between the two of them yeah. to some degree. And it's using a chemical. It's using a liquid instead of a, a solid piece of plastic. Right.
3: right. Yeah. The, the FDM is melting plastic into the form you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And line by, resin's line the line. opposite. Line by line. And yeah. the resin is taking and right. liquefying and in curing a powder. Yep.
0: <clears throat> oh, it's a powder? I thought it was a liquid. That,
3: one or the other. It's not a solid piece of plastic like the FDM comes. Right,
0: in, right, right. It's it's a liquid turning to a solid versus a sure. solid. Yeah, turning to a liquid, turn back Dark to a solid. solid right. Yeah, yeah. So it's you, you're skipping one level, but then at the end, the the biggest the biggest downfall of resin to me is when you're done, you're not actually done. You have to take it off the print bed, and then you have to stick it in a cure. You have to basically cure it under UV light, wash, and wash clean it, and it and the yeah, excess wash resin, resin off. Yeah.
1: That hasn't that's sticking to it, but not cured, and then you have right. to hit it with UV light to solidify it.
0: You're right, okay. and it just it's just an extra step. It's messy, or it can be messy, um, and resin is a material you don't want to touch, even if it's not necessarily toxic to you. To breathe, Do you want gloves on. You want
1: gloves. Which
3: on. You're this this, gloves this uh, and time of year in pandemic, those are readily available.
1: Yeah. Right. It's getting easier to find right. them now because production's yeah. finally catching back up. So. Yeah, and, and
0: well, and you don't need surgical gloves. You you can get away with some lower. You you probably want throws. the you
1: probably want
3: the, uh, the rubber gloves that you would you know scrub your hardwood floor with or whatever. You know. no, no, or no, like no, no, You
1: want disposable ones. There's That's a special okay. There's a special kind too. I forget. the are nitri- 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 nitrate? nitrate nitrate. I don't know. They're the black gloves. Yeah. Oh right. No, you're. Okay. It's
0: not nitrate. Yeah, yeah. It's not nitrate. It's something, something like close that, to nitrite. Yeah,
1: and you want because you want to when you're done with a print, you got that resin on them. You want to be able to take them off, peel them off inside out, and throw that shit away.
0: Yeah, yeah you don't want that. You don't want to be messing with that right. stuff. You don't want it all over your house right. for sure. And that's another reason why I've avoided it at this point is I've got small children and I don't really want to mess with resin with small children. Yeah. It, not. There has been a stigma about resin being more toxic in general. Just air I don't quality. think that's a stigma, is it?
3: Uh, well, I, it's.
0: It depends on the type of resin you use, as far as I understand. So, and then, and it's not you know,
3: the perfect. the article I read from, from Dewey Cat is basically that, you know, he lines out what kind of filters and what kind of objects that you want to put together with this, and a good filtration system is going to handle all that, and uh, he even mentions that his, his wife is particular to the odors, and she's never complained since he's had this, this setup that he's had, so... I mean, okay, so the, what's, the bigger part is, is so, you know, what you're doing with that with that waste after you've washed off the resin yeah, and the, these other byproducts that you have is what you're doing with it.
2: So, uh, in right. order, and and the things that you should be considering, um, FDM versus a resin printer, because we want we don't necessarily endorse one way or the other, but we want to encourage people to be responsible about it. If you're considering a resin printer, then you should seriously be sure you understand. Um, the additional requirements when you're dealing with disposable of the wastes and the fumes that are potentially um, yep. um, um, that are potentially there as the print is occurring. Um, but I think I think what, the way you guys are going and saying is, is, be aware of it and be smart. But it's not mm-hmm. as long as you're careful and understand it and are diligent. It's not something that you need to be afraid of, right? Okay.
3: Right. Right. No. Nope. Right. You, you just have to know the precautions going into and similar things with the the FDM printers is there's two types of uh, filament you can get. You can get the PLA or the the ABS. Now the PLA mm-hmm. is your is your go to in my personal opinion. And there's lots mm-hmm. of brands out there. Um, it is kind of gives off an odor, but it's not. A, I don't think it's toxic. I hope it's not toxic. because it a lot. But uh, (laughs) the ABS actually is, and you want to kind of have some ventilation in that room a little bit. And it also requires a much higher temperature to use. I think it goes like I think it's twenty Celsius degrees higher than the than the significantly hotter, yeah, yeah. And
1: there's actually, I'm just going to clarify. There's actually like ten different kinds of filaments you can print. Those are the two most common, yes. If you have the right one, so like one of the other things that led me to buy the Prusa is because I can print anything with it if I want to. Uh, it'll it'll print ASA. It'll print TPU, which is the stuff like uh, the flexible stuff your phone case is made out of. Yeah, it'll print anything. It's just obviously everything requires different heats, different bed temperatures, which the Prusa can do. I don't print any of that stuff. I print almost exclusively PLA. As do that's, I. That's that's the go to one. It, it does everything you want it to do in the hobby business.
0: It tends to be affordable too. It's yeah, much cheaper. cheaper you get a spool too. for around
3: yeah. twenty twenty five bucks.
0: Yep. Yeah. You, whereas some of the other stuff is probably double that, if least, not more.
3: Yeah. Actually, the the ABS is comparable in price, but again, requires the different it's, temperature and has that yeah. otter smell to it. And I by the way, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, by the way, you what, know, what? if you, if you think you got PLA and you're trying to run through ABS, it won't work, and you'll be frustrated for about two weeks trying to figure out why you can't get the settings to work until you look at the spool and see that it says ABS on it. Yeah. Not that I would know anything about that. A friend told me about that once. friend told you, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I actually uh,
1: I have a spool of ASA. It was the first spool I ever bought after the one that came with my printer because I was online and I didn't look close enough. And spool comes, and I'm like checking the temperature guidelines on the side of it. I was like, why the f- frack does this want to be so hot? Oh, it says ASA. Shit. <laughs> like, I don't nice. want that. This smells funny. I don't funny. want that. It's still in the, its... Still in its Sealed package. <laughs> uh,
3: no, I no, I've thrown out two spools of ABS I accidentally bought. <laughs> yeah,
6: one was one you was purely out of
3: spite because uh, because it, I had spent a week and a half trying to figure out why the nozzle was clogged when it wasn't. <laughs> right.
6: <laughs>
3: so that was that was just a that was a just you know if I felt good throwing that one away because it caused me so much heartache.
1: Right. Yeah. And the other thing to be aware of is 3D printing. If if you're a ho- if you're a, uh, a hobbyist. Uh, with other hobbies, and you're thinking about getting a 3D printer, be aware 3D printing is, is, is its own entire hobby. Um, yes. And you can you can stay above that if you're careful, but there's a hell of a rabbit hole to fall down with 3D printing. <laughs> like different things you can do with it, you know, mods and upgrades and everything. It, it's, it's Oh, upgrading components hole. and
3: making oh, this better and changing the steppers to do this and changing... Right. Changing like, the the jerk settings to get a different effect, and right. yeah. oh,
1: you've got a five dollar brass nozzle. Look at this. This is an Olson Ruby nozzle. It's sort of brass, but it's got a ruby tip. It'll last forever. Just don't drop it, and it's like a hundred bucks. And you're like, oh shit, do I need that? Ooh. Eh, probably not. But it's fancy, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know. So there's 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 a huge rabbit hole you can fall down. You want to just build your own? You can do that. You know, it's it's nuts. So just be be aware. There's a lot of hobby there. Like its own subculture of hobby, so
3: and then and you know uh, not to just read his article verbatim, I'll just go ahead and post this one that Louie Cat said it's really good. He gives you the step by step of his first setup for his his resin printer, and he you know basically says you actually end up with less um, misprints than you do mm-hmm. with the, with the FDM printers. So. Yeah. Which that's be, nice yeah. to know. But probably because you don't have you don't have the, the stepper motors that can you know tweak
0: every I mean, once in a while.
1: Right. Theoretically, there's a lot of things that can go wrong with an FDM print.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you have lots more moving parts yep. as well yep. in a, and in that's a why. FDM printer. Yep. Yeah,
1: a lot more moving parts. <laughs> right. You, don't, you
0: in a in a resin one, you basically have. The electronics in the bottom, and then you have a stepper that just moves the whole bed right. up. Essentially, is all you have is one motor running the one yeah, thing. And you, you generally
1: don't get blobs of death in resin printing.
0: No, you not You won't <laughs> come you down to see a, your
3: nozzle totally encapsulated in plastic right, one just morning. A
1: giant blob of molten plastic the size of a baseball hanging off the bottom of your hot end, yeah, and that, it's that, still that, zipping around back and forth like it's doing yep, something. That fucking
0: sucks because it thinks it's doing something because yeah, it yeah. doesn't know any better.
3: Oh, the worst right, thing and, is coming is, is checking on a print and seeing that it's floating an inch or two above what's supposed to be printing and still zipping back and forth, and there's nothing happening. It's like, yeah. well, that nozzle's dead.
1: Yeah, that's no fun.
3: <laughs> so, speaking of common problems...
1: <laughs>
3: that would be the most common, and the easiest one to miss is to level your bed about every, what, five prints, you figure?
1: I'm a bad person to ask, because the prusa levels between at the start of each print. Oh, okay. <laughs> well,
3: mine... mine and you don't have to get one of these leveling gauges. The best way to level it is grab a piece of standard paper, standard twenty-pound paper, mm-hmm. and you know you just you, you adjust the nozzles all the way to the four corners, and you adjust it down to where you can just barely have enough tension to pull that paper through and hear that mm-hmm. little. <sniffs> that's your, you're good. Yep. yep. And it really doesn't take that long. And if you don't do it after a while, things can go wonky. Absolutely. They, they just do. So that's the number one easiest. Uh, common problem. Uh, the other thing, to keep on keep on hand brass nozzles. 0. 0.4 is the most common. You can get yep. like ten of them for like fifteen bucks or yep. cheaper. Keep a slew of those on hand. Uh, get the get the the nut driver set to change that nozzle out. Yeah, really easy kit. It's you know it's simple. Again, very cheap. Um, a crap ton of little like two or four inch zip ties, the really small ones, and a whole bunch of the Bowden tube stuff. Every Honestly, every time I change a nozzle, I change the Bowden tube. <laughs> and then those fittings that are on the top of the hot end and that uh, go towards the, where it first enters in, uh, those, what that, P-P-F-T-E? PTFE. PTFE. P, PTFE. I had the right letters wrong. Order. That's, yeah, no that's pretty good for this show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I keep a hand a slew, though, and I just change them out every time too, just because they're just that cheap,
6: yeah.
3: and it's just an easy thing that can go wrong. You know, just change those mm-hmm. out. Uh, the yeah. other thing I do with the Bowden tubes is I basically have uh, it's a pipe cutter, basically, but it's like the smallest one there, mm-hmm. just to make sure you have a clean edge. You don't want to cut those with like your your snips because you can yeah. bend the tips. You yeah. can bend the tube in,
6: yep.
3: and when you do the nozzle change, so put the put the Bowden tube in as far as you can. And back it off a little bit, and then put the nozzle in, and crank the heat up on that thing. Before and back it off a full turn, push that Bowden tube all the way down until it's touching the nozzle, and then tighten the nozzle up while it's hot. Yep. If you don't do that, you can create a small little gap. That plastic will start to fill up in there, and it'll start pushing the tube up, and then you're yep. going to get a major clog. Yep. So that's yep. the common. That's the most common pitfalls I've, that I find myself changing all the yep. time.
1: And every printer is just a little bit different, so there's there's really good resources on YouTube for your specific kind of printer how to do things. Oh my you God, buy. you can't
3: you can you can swing a dead cat and hit ten of them.
1: Right, and so watch a few of those before you do it, because like the first time I changed a nozzle on the Prusa, I was pretty nervous, and then like Josef Prusa himself puts a video on there that's like three minutes long. And he's like, "That's how easy it is to change it," and I was like, "Well, shit, I can do that." <laughs> It's still terrifying every time I do it, though, because on the Prusa, you got to crank the heat up to, like, 280 when you do it. Yeah, yeah, you want you want the thing hotter than operating temperature. Yep, so, you know, get, get yourself a nice pair of those thick leather work gloves when you're doing it, so if you accidentally drop the nozzle on your hand, you'll have a couple seconds to flick it someplace else.
0: <laughs> make, make sure you're wearing pants. Yeah, that too. Yeah, don't <laughs> drop that thing in your carpet when it's that hot either. Yeah, well, you're Ooh. gonna get a burn hole if you do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you just no way around it. You're
6: getting a burn. <laughs> yeah,
3: hole. I, uh, what do I do? I, I have a, basically, I have an old uh, plastic cutting board that I used to use like for underwater stuff. You know, I just I put that under there, and it's got a little, just a little lip on it, so that I just let it plop right into there, and I know it's not. Going it
0: just there. melts the
1: plastic. Yeah, no, it's together. a pretty
3: hard plastic. It's it's not oh, going okay. anywhere.
1: Yeah. I've got an old glass <laughs> dish. I use the exact same thing. Just drop it right in there. Hasn't yeah. cracked it yet. <laughs>
0: Well, let's hope it doesn't in the future. Well, if it so,
1: does, I, I mean, I put my safety glasses on, so I'm mostly safe. So as safe as you can be, anyway.
3: <laughs> so if we, if we, if we haven't scared you off enough yet
1: about doing three D printing, it's a super fun hobby. Though. It is,
3: it, yeah, it's really satisfying when you pull that print off and it's like, all right, cool. Wait, I can make more of these. Yeah,
1: right, neat. <laughs> so, and here's here's the thing. I want to I want to get on because I've printed, uh, well, obviously, fifteen kilometers worth of printing here. Um, ten miles. Yeah, yeah, ten miles of printing stuff here. I've done a lot of terrain. I got three or four boards of Wolf Action terrain that are all three D printed. A big samurai castle, all this kind of shit. I printed a, a space cool. a spaceport, all, all kinds of stuff. And the point is, is like if you're thinking to yourself, you know, before you buy a three D printer, think to yourself, like, do I want to print terrain with this? Because you might want to. And like, so say you buy a Cerissa kit, right? And it's like, I don't know, what are they cost? Like, 20 30 bucks for a nice kit. That. Yeah, yeah somewhere the bigger
3: ones go up to forty or sixty dollars.
1: Right, and the thing is, is yeah. you could put that Sarisic kit together in a night, uh, and you know let it dry overnight, and then you're ready to paint it. And you've got that building on the table. and You're like, well, I spent thirty bucks on that, right? Whereas, like maybe I buy a, a building STL and it ends up costing me two, three bucks, and then I got to go into the printer and print it, and you know spend some filming on that. And it's like, okay, this was cheaper, but it took a lot longer because it might take eighteen hours to print. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, is this no. is this really worth it? And you're like, well kind of, you start getting the value and economy of scale, because then I can print that same building 10, 15, 20 times, or something similar to it. You can go into a cutter slicer program and modify it a little bit so it looks a little different. And suddenly that cost-benefit becomes a lot better for the 3D printer versus the cool Sarissa kit. So. See, that 3D printed tradals.
2: terrain is um, is much sturdier.
1: And it's also much sturdier. Oh, for yeah. sure. I yeah. mean, I love Sarisa stuff, but like Especially the, uh, what is it, the gray board, they call it?
2: Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah.
3: Oh, like the cardboard. It's basically like yeah.
1: that cardboard. I love how it looks the first time, but boy, if it gets moisture near it or just over time. kind oh, I'm it kinda just, stir-
3: the, just the, the gluing it on, I end up with half of it stuck to my finger.
1: Right, right. And so it's, you got, it's a lot more finicky. Whereas the 3D printed stuff, I mean, depending how you print it, you can drop that from, table height and
2: it'll be fine and a good 3d print you're going to get a lot more texture with with those buildings and stuff like that so yeah uh, absolutely yeah
0: well the, the beauty is too if you drop it from table height and it breaks you can always just print another one you're not out of another 30 right. bucks like i mean that's is another economy of scale right there
1: right and usually it breaks in such a way hey look it's ruins
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> right it just so happens like yeah, it works for our game for right. sure and, and it has practical uses, too, if you, like, that was kind of my selling point on the idea of getting one. It was, like, you can print useful things for your home, like yep. child locks or, uh, you know, a replacement for the back of your remote, yep. if you can find the model. Most uh, 3D but printers
2: uh, early last year were transitioned into making mask holders and different yep. kinds yep. of yep. things. Yep. Yep.
3: I, I printed yep. off uh, right.
0: about four dozen for uh, daycare, so, yeah. yeah. Yep. Nice. Yeah. yeah, so i mean it has multiple uses don't think it's just for terrain right. you can use it for there's things a lot too. of I, practical things.
3: i printed like it said, it's it's a hobby in and of itself yeah i, I printed off yep. like
2: three or four paint pot holders so yep yeah i wasn't knocking no over no more spilt yeah, not knocking <laughs> over any of that precious and, and there's griffin sepia or whatever so <laughs> yeah
1: and there's a whole nother field i didn't even touch i guess sorry is, is board game components yeah um, yep. i printed off so many game trays and board game components mm-hmm. and I added like card two factions and... to my merchants and marauders game because I could just print extra pirate ships for the game. <laughs> yeah,
5: <You Nice. know, laughs> stuff you can. I
1: mean, it's it's little things you can do. Like, I mean, imagine if you're if uh, okay, you have kids and you have a board game. What, what's it going to Sorry or something, right? And your kid, you know, loses a couple pieces because they were cool to play with, and then you know they got hidden someplace. And you're like, well, shit, we can't play this. You just print some more, man. It's easy.
3: Yeah, uh, thingy verse is great for finding very generic. Yeah. Everything, mm-hmm. and you know, and not all of them are perfect files, you know. Right, uh, and a lot of the slicers that are out there actually do have their own support with them. Where you, can, if you have that file, where it's like just not, just not syncing, or just not being able to, to what's the word I'm looking for? It, it won't. It's not meshing properly. But you can, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, like I know when I had uh, my T or Tornado, whatever. I think it was a Cura or something like that. Whatever it sure. was. A little, yeah. Uh, they had their own support for mm-hmm. fixing mm-hmm. files that you just uploaded to nice. it, and it would fix it, and you set it back down, and it would work better. Yep. So, nice. But yeah, you know, you know, not Thingiverse is free for the most part. So yeah, you're you're not going to get necessarily tried and true. and You're going to have some some crap files sometimes.
1: Yeah, I mean, people are designing 3D things. They're not always really good for 3D printing <laughs> yes sometimes they're cool 3d models to look at and you're like that's that's awesome but that will absolutely not print properly on an fdm printer <laughs>
2: and there's i mean there, and not to not to over overstate how amazing it is because it can be amazing but depending upon what you're printing um, sometimes your print will require some cleanup you're not just oh, always yeah. going to be able just to pop it off and throw it onto the table S-
0: start printing right so there's uh, you know there's
2: there's some additional kind of stuff that happens around everything. It's and Absolutely. it's just it's just one of those things. So,
1: and if you're going to print uh, if you're FDM printing and you're going to print things like vehicles, we, I think we've established infantry do not print well in FDM. I mean, it's just not a good idea. But vehicles, you're going to have to develop a tolerance for layer lines or learn painting techniques that hide them a little bit because that's just a. It just comes with the territory. You're, you can't imme- completely eliminate layer lines when you FDM print. You can make them small enough they're very hard to see and even at the bigger resolutions, when you're standing up at a table away from a model 3, 4, 5 feet, you won't see them. But if you pick it up and look at it, you will you will absolutely see them. So, just be aware of that. To, you know, know what your tolerances are for hobby stuff.
0: Yeah cool I mean well, we could probably talk about 3D printing we could probably have a podcast about 3D probably printing. probably could I could talk about I mean, without anything I mean,
1: else at, while, we were, while you were listening to music I went and pulled one print off the bed and started it up again I've got a L shaped sandbag wall here in my hands I just finished printing so
0: nice But I am envious of you guys' 3D printing but who's got the time for that
2: uh, <laughs> well if you're still working from home there's a lot of time there
0: I could be, like, sitting here sniffing uh, <laughs> sniffing resin all day.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: again, you know, if you prepare for it, it's not too bad.
0: For sure. I have, I have plenty of windows, and I could make a ventilation system that yep. would work for it. I, I And mean, I think some of them even have some of that stuff built into yep. them now. But, um, and I'm fairly spoiled.
1: I have a perfect room for that because it's got a vent hood in it. So.
0: Yeah, you have, like, a brewery in Basically, your basement. Yeah, so. it's, it's absolutely yeah.
1: perfectly set up. I Never made any beer, but I've got 10 miles of 3D prints, so, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it is a thing. Brewing is a whole other hobby in itself, too, so. Um.
1: Whatever, so. Well,
3: I I got one more thing to add on there.
0: Oh, so just
3: post-edited in there, buddy. Yep, Uh, so if you're not comfortable doing these prints yourself, there are some print services out there. That's true. Um, yep. Yep. there is one gentleman who sent us some samples and they're resin printed uh, for the most part and let me just pull up his email real quick just because he gave me some prices for what he kind of does hmm. um, which I thought was really nice and also if you uh, mention the Snafu podcast he'll give you a 10% discount well look at that oh, see. Uh, I mention
0: the Snafu
1: podcast and get 10% discount?
3: so he does resin printing um, its Panda Monkey is PandaMonkey3D I'm sure you've seen him on Facebook well, you may have you can find them on Facebook let's put it that way
6: okay
3: um, so roughly uh, for a jeep-sized vehicle it's about 10 bucks or it'll give you two for 15 trucks average around 18 larger trucks might be 20 light tanks are 18 to 20 medium tanks are about 20 to 50 panthers and Sherman's are 25 Large self guns are 30 and he's got a special one that he did uh, it's one of the one of the U.S. Army assault guns, I forget exactly which one it is.
1: I think it's an 8-inch self propelled howitzer.
3: Yeah, it's the one has got the, the medium howitzer on it.
1: Well, it should be a heavy, I think.
3: It might be a heavy, sure. It yeah, Yeah. the gun. medium is the Priest, so it's the right, heavy yeah. one. Yep. Uh, uh, he is licensed to print Dewey Cat, so if you go to the, the 3D Wargaming and anything that says Dewey Cat and you down, buy it, download it, he is licensed, and I've confirmed this with Dewey Cat himself, that, yep, this is one of the guys who's licensed to print and he also added he gets really annoyed when he sees his prints on ebay for sale <laughs> that he knows Ooh. he didn't license them to print. So yeah. so Panda Monkey three D is licensed to print Dewey Cat stuff. They've got a good arrangement. So uh, you know, we know how well we highly speak of Dewey Cat stuff. So yeah. uh, he so,
2: so he's he basically um is supporting not just his own business, but other businesses, and he's—it's good ethical practices that he's demonstrating. Right? Yeah,
3: he's got—he's got other uh, license agreements too with other companies. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what all of them are. I just saw that he'd, hes like, I didn't know, print duty catch stuff. I'm like, hey, duty catch, you know this? He's like, yeah, he's legit. Okay, nice. cool. Then, awesome. Then we'll support him. That's fine by me.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, then, I mean, we—it's—it's it's just one of those things that uh, m- maybe maybe uh, listeners care about it, maybe they don't. But I—I I think we care about it. And so yeah. it's worth, it's for worth sure. So,
3: Yeah. We care about yeah. people being honest and, you know, doing their correct
0: things.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and creators need to be rewarded for what they create. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Not stealing from other, other sources. That's never, that's always frowned upon regardless of the field that yeah. it's in. So yeah.
3: he'd also um, sent me a flak Molitor, which I believe is German. Which is but tw- twenty two bucks. It's one. the, the picture with the gun on the back of the truck with the, the flatstone? Yeah, yeah,
1: that's yeah. the, uh, the furniture. Ferni- <laughs> oh, sure, movie. sure. For yes,
3: so nice. he does that one for about twenty two, and then the assault gun we talking about, I think, is the M twelve, is twenty five, and that was actually one that he I believe looks, he designed himself.
2: It looks like that truck would work for the um, the Italian entry that ha- that you can put the eighty eight on the back of. So
1: yeah, well, the Italian entry starts with a light a- auto can, and that would work perfect for yeah. it. Okay. I mean the truck's a little off, but the Germans could have easily loaned him one of those trucks. You know, rules wise, it's. Really <laughs> so if um, you ca- if you contact
3: him, he'll give you a quote, and uh, he, I think he must be in the states because I think the uh, shipping he sent me I got within three days, and all the stuff he sent will be will be um, part of the, part of the Operation Snafu, uh, charity raffle.
2: Oh the uh, the samples the samples oh, that cool. he sent. Yep.
3: Okay, and, and he and he said he did send some stuff that he actually isn't licensed to sell, but he just wanted it so that we could see the quality of the prints he had.
1: Okay, yeah, you know, and, so and sure. I because of COVID, Pat has these models, so we're only seeing pictures. Right. But the pictures, yes. I mean, the quality looks fantastic to me. That's better than what I can do with my FDM printer. So,
0: well, I mean, it's a resin printer; the detail can yeah, be. I mean, they spectacular look
1: really good. I'm, I'm sure he's probably got a website or something where you can see the models you want to buy. Yep, Panda
0: Monkey so. 3D. Check them out. There you go. They look great. Is it actually the website?
2: Yeah. So I was impressed with the motorcycles with sidecars. I thought those looked fantastic. Yep. I like the Jeep that has the linked MMGs on the front. Um, and he's got a couple of of infantry models here. How did the, how do you rate those Pat?
3: Other than so there's limited to the files he has, mm-hmm. and again he won't he can't sell those. Those are just a sample of what he can do. Okay. But they were perfect. Interesting. I mean. Okay. They looked as good as a plastic model coming off a of screw. Honestly, I mean
2: these look fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's pretty sure I mean, the, the
1: quality's there. I mean he knows what he's doing. That's good quality. So yeah,
3: so if you if you don't want to deal with the whole toxic residue and smell <laughs> problems of the of the resin printer, you know, and you're or not the looking to
2: cost of one. Right. Like yeah,
3: them. if you just don't want to do it, they, check them out. So. He'll give you a yeah. quote and mention SNAFU, and he said he'll give he'll take ten percent off.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're not planning on printing an entire army, it's probably more economical to have someone else print a few things for you.
3: Yeah, like when I was looking for my my M two four harvester, you know, I only need one or two of them. I did, you know, I don't need a resin printer for that. I tried printing it with my FDM, and I just I had you know a, a couple episodes back, I talked about you know I was trying to use liquid green stuff to smooth out the different layers and the just the 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 fender. You know, because I just I mm-hmm. couldn't get that. You know, it had the steps in it that you're going to see from, but you won't see that in a resin printer. If you do, this can be much less noticeable. Right. This the quality there is higher, and I think I, I think the one picture I sent you guys a while back when I first got them, I put it side by side with one of the uh, one of the the Universal Carriers, and mm-hmm. you couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. At all. So.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at his Facebook page here, and he he has a uh, Panzerwerfer, and it looks pretty damn good. So you know,
3: yeah, and again, you know, he he has some of his, some of his original designs. Uh, he's licensed for many different companies, and if you buy the STLs and you email them to him, and he and if he has the met, the problem we mentioned earlier that you know it just it's just not meshing correctly. You know, He tries to work with a little bit, but if ultimately he can't do anything with the file, he'll let you know and obviously won't mm-hmm. charge you for something he can't produce. So.
1: God, yeah, that M12 he yeah, has looks really good, damn.
3: Uh, that one will be part of the charity raffle for Operation Snafu. Mm-hmm. Might even hand it off to Jeff at some point, and he might paint it himself.
1: There's a chance. Mm-hmm. Huh? <laughs> uh, I also
3: will mention the one that we have. He was still doing FDM for the tracks, which look okay. But now he's switched over. The tracks are just full resin printing, too, for anything you buy.
0: Nice. I, I was actually wondering that because I, I could see some some slight stepping yep, there.
3: Yep, and that was the, the one he sent me was, was still the FDM, and now he does them completely resin. So you won't see that. Well, that makes a big difference. probably. Yep. Nope. Yeah, because that was the, the one critique I was going to have, but then he already emailed me before I could even hit send. He's like, oh, <laughs> hey, and for the record, I don't do those tracks in the FDM anymore. I do them only in resin. I'm like, delete, 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 delete. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and so and so he nice. he reached out to us and and asked us to kind of give feedback and so that's what we're doing. Looks good. And I like it.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Totally.
2: I mean, it kind of makes me want to get a resin printer, but I'm not going to. So.
0: <laughs> well, one of the one of the other So, there's a site called Hero Forge that you can like create your own mm-hmm. characters yeah. on. Yep. And and I will say if they had an option to make a World War Two figure in there, I would have bought a resin printer long ago. Yeah, but the, I don't know when they added it. A couple of years ago, they added the ability to create one and then download the mm-hmm. STL for like ten bucks. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes cheaper like if you catch it on sale. Yeah, Black Friday they always have a deal on Black Friday apparently, um, but you can get them for relatively inexpensive. And then you got a custom model that you know, I long ago I made a, a game board piece that looked like me through yep. them. I did this nerdy. I as saw that yours. Is. I
1: did the same thing. So it's not.
0: <laughs> right like just to do something
1: yeah. um i and i made a character for a D campaign i was in once and i down, I bought just the stl and i printed it on the fdm and after about eight tries i got an acceptable quality boy i wish i had a resin printer for it
0: yeah and that was one of the big and, and like i only need so many game board pieces and i only need so many like D characters or you know game game like you know i don't need i only need one copy of myself i don't need 14 <laughs> of them but but if i could make characters and shit for world war Two games i would have been all over that and i would have bought a risen printer long cool. ago um someday maybe you know, i was gonna say that. give it time they're always adding stuff they really are adding stuff all the time to that thing so that's kind of i don't know it's
1: but i mean I, here's i
2: suppose here's an option if you can get that stl file and before you get your own resin printer, or if you can't find the space or whatever the case may be, it sounds like you can probably send him the STL file and and get him to print it out. I, I mean, so.
0: so Hero Forge is associated with Shapeways, so I have no idea the affordability between the two of them. Like, You can just get it printed in, in high-detail plastic or resin. Oh, I didn't think they did it in resin
2: with Hero Forge. Yeah, they, no, they okay. absolutely do in
0: resin. I, the one model that I bought from them, I was super excited about the quality yeah, it
1: was but quote one I got was excellent quality too
2: all right right well, i just i did a um I, I i someone forwarded me a miniature and i did a, a small commission for them to paint up that hero forge miniature for them and i i thought it was okay so i i wasn't really but okay. i didn't know what design or how how they had um how how many how far they'd gone along the path to get the details so
0: sure i and i don't know and i honestly don't know like mine looked like me and it yeah i liked yours i thought that was was, like wearing a shirt right i'm like not wearing any armor or anything like i don't know what how their armor played out but all my organic shapes i was super Mm -hmm. happy with so i don't know
2: i mean maybe you you know 40 pounds ago but (laughs) pre pre
0: no no, you
3: can can change the x and y and make you smaller
1: (laughs) i I don't i I I just pulled up hero forge because you know we're talking about it and they have a a World War II M1 helmet, so an American helmet you can put on a character. So that's a start. I don't know about the outfit yet, but...
3: Jeff, what was that one Kickstarter you backed, the guy that had a whole bunch of World War II?
1: Uh, Which (laughs) one? No, I I backed (laughs) like three from the same guy. It's uh, World... I don't know. Hang on. Let me get the actual name. While you're looking,
2: there's um, a Soviet Soviet miniature um, all-female army currently um, up on Kickstarter. So... Um, Just a second. but that's not to print that's to order and purchase But I thought that was interesting <laughs> some good okay. partisan models in there
1: so it's wow buildings and I assume that's world at World of war maybe buildings uh, let me see if he's got a website
2: I think he's done a number of series
3: uh, yeah. yeah he's got like a like at least five
1: yeah wowbuildings.net is this correct this looks right yep this is the right so I've backed, like, three of his Kickstarters mm-hmm. now, uh, and they're pretty much fantastic. So, And he's, he cool. still sells those STL packages on his website. They're just a little more expensive if you don't get them in the Kickstarter. Um, sure. But, no, they're they're great stuff. I mean, I don't know, I've printed that. I've got t- at least a table and a half of this guy's terrain, so.
3: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I, I like those a lot, too, but I just... Uh, I'm waiting for my printer to be consistent again, so, you know. <clears throat> Uh, as Dewey Cat has said, you know, it's a, they're, they're they're like a woman. Sometimes they get really finicky, but when they're great, they're great.
1: <laughs> so,
0: all right. Okay. All right. Enough 3D printer talk. We've beaten that horse.
1: Yeah. We'll talk about it again if someone asks us more questions. But
0: you know, I'm sure we will. And th- even if somebody doesn't ask us more questions, I'm sure we'll talk about it right. some right. more. Well,
2: someone so. will get a resin printer at some point, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that in hobby updates and stuff.
3: So I'm currently right. going through my second level of decon from no. <laughs> Hopefully not that.
4: <coughs> right.
3: I would like to not worry about that. Yeah, so I hear
1: that.
0: All right, let's let's go to the let's next topic to the next which top. is the thing that I cheated on earlier, the the, the Netherlands. So let's we're going to talk about the armies of Netherlands also known as Dutch so, the Dutch, yeah, the Dutch, the Dutchies. Well, Netherlands Oh, that's probably someone else.
3: Well, the, the Netherlands were, you know, so Dutch, Deutschland is still Germany. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, But Netherland is like low land or something like that. Uh, and they're found in France and the Allies.
4: Makes and sense. I'm just opening up.
3: There we go. All right, so where do we start with these? We do Army List Reviews all the time. No, Special we don't rules. anymore.
0: Special rules. We haven't. Let's go special rules, yeah.
3: They have them. You might recognize them because they're the same as the French. Ooh. So they've got the communication breakdown, which that means, you know, if the, if the first round, first turn, the first order of dice is yours, you, the enemy can say, that goes back, let's draw again.
1: <laughs> that,
3: that's a fun one, yeah. That's a fun one. I, yep. I don't know where that really has.
1: I It would be something
3: for every turn. I think it would be a- kind of like.
1: There's a couple scenarios it'll really Screw you on hard, but not many No, not many. there's not many But when it catches you And Catch you're unprepared you. for it, and you're like, oh, son of a-. <laughs> But right. I'm thinking Particularly uh, the surrounded one Where you're starting in the middle And the guy's coming in from any table edge And you'd really like that first order dice, so You would put something in ambush And then you don't, he's like, now I'll no, put it back in the bag And you're like, ah, piss
0: it's, it, You're right, it's the first turn of the first right. game, right? Yep <laughs> or the, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the first turn of the first game.
1: First uh, yeah. dice of the
2: first <laughs> only,
0: game. It's only during the third game in a five-game tournament, <laughs> and it's only the when the third dice is and standing
1: and on one leg and leaning to the left. Right,
3: and, and, the, moon's, yes, exactly. and the moon is waxing, not waning. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: If it was every round, I would agree. I think that it would make it a little bit more interesting, but uh, whatever. Right. I'm okay yep. with it. Being uh, they've
3: also got the Forward Artillery Doctrine, which they get
0: free artillery.
3: Which they can get right. a f- one free inexperienced or regular Really, where's the choice there? Uh, anti-tank an gun or field artillery piece, except for heavy.
2: That's great. And yep.
3: that's an addition to their normal number. So, that's really good.
1: Yes, it is.
0: There's. I love the army. Free artillery dice, baby. Mm-hmm. Free artillery piece. I mean, with the artillery dice to go with and, it. Right, it's yes. really hard to pass that up. A, f- a free regular medium or medium howitzer? Yeah. Can you does the does that version give allow you to take a heavy anti tank gun?
3: Uh can be an anti tank gun or field artillery piece except for heavy artillery.
0: Right, so it can be well, a heavy Well, we'll see if they heavy have, heavy have one in their list. I was, I was gonna right. say, yeah, that's they might not have a have lot a of countries
3: point. that have heavy artillery, let alone super heavy. Sorry, a heavy, heavy anti tank, let alone super heavy.
0: Sorry, I'm 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 Romania's in my head, so they get all the fun toys. Uh,
3: They've also got the hurriedly conscripted 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 (laughs) (laughs) reserves. (laughs) Uh, So if the force includes three or more inexperienced infantry sections, they get an extra one. Which is identical to the cheapest one already purchased a free selectors, addition to whichever unit is whichever unit the selectors is used from. So, you know, just a free art yeah, dice.
2: Just like early War Friends.
0: Yep.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah. So. What do yeah. we call that? Copypasta?
0: Basically, yeah. That's only if the Italians are <laughs> <wrong>. <laughs> Well, no, they're better Sorry.
1: than girls.
6: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know Not that.
3: Wrong, yeah. Uh They've got headquarters. They've got they've got their typical, but none of them are available at veteran. Just only inexperienced and regular. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's that's what it is. Uh, yeah. They've got their medic. It's only available at regular. Not that many people Ooh. take veteran medics. Well, no, I suppose Germany's the only that can have a vet, that doesn't have a regular. Only veteran, right?
1: Yeah, they only have the option for veteran. Uh,
3: they've got the forward observer, both air and artillery. Also cool. only available at regular. And yeah, so that's that's their HQs. And then they've got Infantry Peoples. They've got your standard regular uh, 5 to 11 man with rifles. You can do an LMG if you're so inclined to pay the over cost on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the inexperienced are also 5 to 11, which this is interesting. Their inexperienced can also have an LMG. Not, lot, not a lot of nations have uh, inexperienced with LMGs.
0: Huh. Yeah, no. Still wouldn't take it.
3: Still wouldn't take it. Yeah, the LMG no. or the inexperienced LMG?
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, Second.
3: So this is where they kind of you know, the Dutch weren't just in Europe. They have an Indonesian infantry section. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that that I believe okay. is was that the KNIL? Is that what they are? That
1: sounds correct. The Far yeah.
3: East, the East
1: Indies Army. Don't ask me what that stands for, but yes, that's.
3: that's uh, well, it's in Dutch. So exactly yeah we're not even gonna pretend. we're just gonna go KNil. You can <laughs> Google it if you want to. I'm sure it's in the Wikipedia. Uh, but these are inexperienced guys uh, 5 to 11. Uh, you can I' see also oh, you can add six unarmed men. And as we know, unarmed men can't fight in close combat thanks to the last FAQ. <clears throat> but you can give them for two points more. you can give them a pistol. Mm, uh, they can be shirkers, and they can have an LMG. So hmm. this is this hmm. is kind of one of those. Okay, I can I can throw a you know eleven man unit out there for relatively cheap. Yeah, really. Four cheap. points oh. each for the six on, six unarmed. Yeah.
0: You know, at shirkers, or you could give them we'll pistols give them pistols, pistols too
2: making them. shirkers. That's their three points each for the additional six men. You still have the baseline five men at thirty five points. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yep.
0: Wow. So that's
3: probably something you don't normally think of, but, you know, try and consider your theme when you're doing that. (laughs) As though everyone thinks about theme while they're preparing for their competitive full-action game.
2: Some of us are.
4: (laughs) Right,
3: right. Depending on the tournament, I'd I'd try to stick to close to theme, if not altogether. Uh, Motorcycle section, at regular only. Five guys for 75 points. You can add six more at 15 points each. But they got motorbikes. Not wrong with that. There's not a ton of armies that have motorbike squads.
2: Well, I mean, it's five points for just that extra mobility, basically.
3: Yeah, and and movement.
2: Well, I I, I guess I include movement in mobility. Um, trying to think. Yeah, I don't know. Just uh, I that doesn't. I'm not excited about that. I guess.
3: Huh. Okay. That yeah. mention one could have an L- LMG.
2: You hadn't, but that changes okay. everything. I'm super excited about it. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, then how about the how about the machine gun team? Stock? They have
1: a veteran choice in this one, though.
2: Well, get back to me in third edition, Ooh. so maybe the MMG teams will say, be able to do When
1: machine gun teams don't blow, let us know. <laughs> are they, we are they put, 20, 20 points cheaper? should put that in our shirt,
3: Jeff. When machine gun teams don't blow, let us know.
0: Yeah.
3: Maybe a ball cap. That's some good
2: alliteration there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Put it on, on the back of the shirts we make for the next time we can go to a gun.
2: <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> just stand by the warlord. <laughs> uh,
3: Anti tank rifle team. So they, you know, uh, can go up to veteran on this one. They got all experience levels on it. just the same as everyone else's.
2: Cool. We should have a, a bunch of shirts. One that says what do we want, and the next one says version three, and then it's when do we want it? You know, last year. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: there you go.
0: <laughs> sure, I'm on it. All right, uh, I'll start. I'll start the graphics now. Uh,
3: sniper team, standard, regular, yeah. veteran. Yeah. I like medium smithers. mortar. Still standard, you know. Uh, they don't have a light mortar. They don't have a heavy mortar.
0: Just, Just medium, medium, huh?
3: Interesting. But um, all levels of veterancy as well. As a
2: matter, uh, and as a matter of curiosity, the heavy mortars are like 15 points more. Is that right? Typically.
1: That sounds right. Okay. It's somewhere so, in that ballpark, it might be twelve. Close. Okay.
2: Yeah. I'm thinking we should be running heavies. Huh. Oh, many armies don't, Dude, don't I, have them. That's, a okay. lot of armies don't have that's access right. to a heavy, Okay. Anyways, is why Germany that's has for, one. It's, that's it's probably fun. a discussion for another time. All right. Well, medium is good. Yes. Yeah, medium having is one is good.
3: Even. Yeah. Yeah. They got some. They got light artillery in their artillery slot, and that's you know straight up the usual.
0: Yep.
3: All levels of veterancy. Medium. That's stock as well. Um, Hang on, it is not. They have an option to replace the 105 Bofors Howitzer with the severely outdated medium howitzer, dropping at 15 points. Severely outdated uh, antiquated Dutch artillery is not precise enough to fire accurately artillery bombardments, and thus always needs a 6 to hit their target when firing indirect, even if firing in in the unit in subsequent turns.
0: Oh, so it's minus an option. 15 points, and you just so minus 15 points, you basically don't get to do you don't get you're always just shooting over open sites. No, no, you're, never you're, you're, not, you're always hitting on a six indirect. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I'm saying you're not going to probably use indirect as much, you might just so it turns worry it, it into a multi launcher yeah, without yeah. the multi
2: part, so right. There's a
0: single yeah. launcher, but you have the option of shooting directly at something over open sites, and then you don't take that penalty. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if you just play with it right, then the 15-point downgrade is actually kind of nice. 15, yeah. yes, one five. So uh, I did look it up more. Heavy mortars are 15 points more than okay. medium mortars. For an extra inch on the pipe plate, it's totally worth it. And an extra 2. When you have that option to you.
2: Especially when that extra inch is on the yes. outside. So. Yeah.
0: Yes. Well, I mean, half inch yeah. all around, yes. Essentially. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. so they've got heavy artillery.
3: Again, oh. the option for the severely outdated. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got some anti-tank guns. they got a light one, which would be what you'd really? expect.
1: I was going to say, pretty standard.
3: And it stops there. Yep.
1: <laughs> okay.
3: So that answers your
1: question <clears throat> earlier, Rick. It's a, Can, it's a very yeah. early war army, so... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it, sure. it
2: is... It is almost always going to be that artillery piece that you're gonna take for your special army role then. Yeah. So Yep. Uh,
3: and then they've got anti aircraft guns, they got a twenty millimeter. With just one light auto cannon.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Which, you know, not bad. Yeah. And they've got the one that everyone had in Europe, which is the Bofors forty millimeter, which is the heavy auto cannon.
1: Yep.
3: Those things are all over the place.
1: <laughs> it's a very good gun.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, no doubt about it. And there's a model for it too. So, yep, nice. It's always a big dilemma when you're like, I want to don't have a model for it. Ah, should, yeah. we, should we doll into their
3: tanks? This could take a while.
6: <laughs>
0: um, i being facetious.
3: No, I never. I hope uh, they got the Vickers light tank, which is awesome. They are bought from the UK, so it's the same ones you'd get from there. Okay. Uh, they they can't get them up to fat, cool. you know all experience levels. And it's you know it's a turret-mounted HMG with a coaxial MMG, but you can replace the the you can go to twin HMG instead, and you can make it amphibious for five more points.
2: How much is it? What would the twin HMG be on that variant? How much? Uh,
3: ten points more, so be a hundred points at regular. Or sorry, uh, eighty-five points at regular for seven plus armor car.
2: Um.
1: I mean that's not terrible.
2: That, that isn't terrible because your no. HMG is two shots, right? Three shots. Three two shots. So Three twin. Shots, uh, so plus twin plus link would ten. be would be six shots plus one. Yep. Six shots for eighty mm-hmm.
1: five.
2: I, I kind of like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean that'll rattle an armored car pretty good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna yeah. Be, that's gonna be nightmare to transports and if anything mm-hmm. can't attack it, at, any soft skin, yeah. Yep. And it can, yeah. I kind of, yeah. That that, that might be a fun little piece. Especially if it looks cool.
3: That always helps. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) They've got the Cardinal Lloyd
6: Tankette.
3: Uh, I think we've seen this in the British as well, though they're not really used. 55 points at regular to get a forward-facing hull-mounted MMG. It's open top, though, so...
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not Uh, not so good.
0: No. How many points was it, you said? At regular... So so it's five points it's more. It's a mobile. than a normal yeah. machine for gun for mobility and, um, and and armor. armor
2: mobility armor three less. Well, there's three crew yeah. versus machine, machine
0: gun teams are overpriced. Thing. Machine gun teams are overpriced. That's all yep. I gotta say. Well, no,
3: they're under they're under undervalued uh, Underruled. Yeah, sure,
0: <laughs> I'm. Yeah. Sure, you've been overruled before. Anything.
3: This is the opposite. They're underruled.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, sure. You either give them more rules, or you make them cheaper. Because if you can take a tank that's fifty five points more, a tank at excuse me, tank at um that that tells you something, yeah. right?
3: Yep, basically. <laughs> uh, and they've got the Marmon Harrington C T L S. At eighty points, regular, it's got two forward-facing hull-mounted MMGs and a turret-mounted MMG.
2: For how many points? Eighty. That's three. That's three MMGs. <laughs> is that open top?
3: It is seven plus armored carrier. It is not open topped because it's got a turret. Turret-mounted MMG.
2: That is sure, lovely. <laughs> is,
0: wait, is this a tank slot or this is, is this, this a car slot? This is a tank slot. slot. Okay, I mean, well, so far that's the bread and butter.
1: I mean, that's fantastic. I like that one. The others, it's just that much better than any other tanks.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're Well, you're getting, we're done talking about tanks. So it's
1: that's the winner. Oh, that's it. <laughs> so that's the winner. That, yeah. that helps you out at all. <laughs> now,
0: the the HMG tank is interesting too. To Dale's point, I kind of like that one too. But I think the three guns for eighty points. Yeah, is, I mean,
2: I I like this, but I um I I do not currently favor. Like medium tanks or heavy tanks, mm-hmm. tanks with anti tank mm-hmm. weapons on them. Um, I just it, it's they're too risky. And but this one at yeah. its point cost, you can you can get quite a bit out of this thing. I think so. Yep. And it's an easy selection because you're not picking anything else in your tank slot. So there's not another. Well, choice I mean, that's better. Yeah. not yeah. There's it's there's not one aside that's better. So it doesn't uh, yeah, well, it doesn't it, look amazing, but it's okay. I like it.
3: It'll tear up some infantry. <laughs>
0: It's definitely an infantry killer, for sure.
3: So they've got some armored car and recce vehicles. Uh, The Landsverk armored car. It's a Swedish one. Okay. 135 points regular. So it's more than any tank they've had so far. But it's got a turret-mounted light anti-tank gun with a coastal MMG. Forward-facing hull-mounted MMG and a rear-facing hull-mounted MMG. It's 7-plus with recce. (laughs)
0: Okay, I mean, that's not horrid. No. It's kind of spendy. That's so it's
3: the about the same spot as your as your Daca Stewart.
0: Yeah, I mean, good point. And it's except it's only got seven armor.
3: Yeah, Well, it doesn't have any weak sides or anything like that. It's good got recy built in. Okay, and a light anti tank on the boots. So, I mean, you know, here's their first. It, here's their best tank in the armored car slot <laughs> <laughs> with Recky. This one's kind of cool from a fire to. point standpoint. Uh, then there's the the marmon Harrington armored car. Uh, this is another K- KNIL was not used in Europe ever. A 80 points regular. It's got two paired turret mounted MMGs.
0: Say it again. Wait, what? Two That's paired
3: turret mounted MMGs.
0: So, is that four MMGs?
3: That sounds like the way I read it. I don't know. I don't have anything further in the entry than that.
0: Or are they paired together?
3: Uh, I guess I'd have to look at some pictures of it. But it says two paired turret MMGs. I don't know if. I mean,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that means they have to shoot at the same target.
3: I would think so. But is that, is that so two MMGs or guns. four MMGs? I think it's just well, two. It's, I think it's just two.
2: Right. It's There's two MMGs and they are paired.
3: That would be a better way to write that. Yeah. <laughs> so two MMGs paired would be a much better. Linked is a term we've well,
1: heard before.
2: Yeah, linked. <laughs> yeah, linked, yeah, yeah, l- linked yeah. would be a better choice. Uh,
1: yeah, it lists that as 10 shots in on Easy Army, so yeah.
3: Okay, and maybe may, may yeah, they've yeah. got an FAQ that changes that entry verbiage. But it's recce, no open top. It's, it's an armored car 7+, so that's that's nice. Yeah. Uh, then
6: there's
3: the Elvis. Strassler armored car. Another KNIL, so not used in Europe. 80 points regular, turret mounted MMG, hull mounted forward facing MMG. Recce armored car, no open top, so.
1: No. Yep. Not bad. Thing looks cool. <laughs> kind of.
2: There's
4: the <laughs> yeah.
3: overall wagon patrol truck. Seventy points regular. It's also got veteran and experienced options. It's a pintle-mounted MMG covering front and both side arcs.
1: Uh, okay. So that's See. a
3: weird pintle because most. Oh, a, okay, you can replace the forward facing with a pintle MMG for another five points, so you can get three hundred and sixty for five more points.
0: Well, you can you can upgrade to having four
3: MMGs essentially. And you may upgrade the pintle to an MMG. You may add two additional pintle mount MMGs. You can you can bristle this thing with, with guns. It's still open top, but it's also a recce.
2: Is it a well, transport? I mean it's seven
1: plus, so. No, yeah. it's is, is it uh, it's an armored car. Yeah, it's the armored car slot. <laughs> it does not transport troops, it just transports guys with
0: machine guns, apparently. Just machine okay. guns. It's just full of guns, machine guns. guns. Bristled. They're like, sorry you can't sorry you can't Bristle-led get in. guns. There's too many <clears> machine <throat> guns. And
3: then there's the Overall wagon, Navy truck, navy gun truck.
1: Now you're talking.
3: 105 regular for a one-platform-mounted rear-facing light howitzer and a front-facing Vickers MMG.
1: That's not terrible, actually.
3: Well, even if this sticks with the same Vickers, that's uh, still just only five shots. So. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's too bad that no. you've got you front and back anyway. in this scenario. Well, I mean... It's probably... Probably historically accurate. Yeah. It is. It is. I've,
1: I've used a few rear-facing main guns. The French have the same thing. I've used them in tournaments. It's not bad. You just have to play it different. Okay. It's it's not a it's not a mobility and uh, it's not a drive up and shoot something. It's an ambush predator. So you you deploy it someplace in cover, and you let it take its shots. And if it starts to get overrun, you simply drive back towards your own table edge to the next piece of cover, and fire again. Well, I figured you're just going to
0: drive in reverse all well, the time. Well, you know,
3: you fire the main gun and let that momentum carry you towards your next table That inch. works, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just put it in neutral.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let the recoil carry
4: you. Sure.
2: It is just too bad that you, they are not facing forward both. So.
0: Well, they should have made the engineer do a better job then. Whoever, whoever designed this thing, it's like, hey, let's put a gun forward and a gun back.
3: Well, it was probably because they couldn't figure out how to get it elevated enough to fire over the cabin and said, well, I'll just go out to drop the tailgate and let it go.
1: Yeah, you really don't want things <laughs> firing over your head when you're driving a truck either. True. There's practical reasons for it that are certainly well, good in the game. Certainly. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Right. So they get the transport and tows. Uh, they've got light trucks, which 39 regular you'd expect. They can, they're soft skin, carry 12 men. Tow a light howitzer, light or medium anti-tank. Not that they have a medium anti-tank. Uh, light anti air, aircraft guns. They have one of those. Add the pintle MMG for the typical 15 points, but may add up to two additional pintle-mounted MMGs for the right and right and rear arcs and left and rear arcs.
1: Guys like to put machine guns on things.
3: Yeah, so they're, they're bristling the thing with machine guns. Uh, cars and light utility trucks are... This one only transports three guys, so this is like you know you're yes. helping your buddy move. It's a civilian car, uh, but you can put a pistol mount and MG on it yeah. for fifteen points, and you can add two more <laughs> again for right, left, and what have you. How many so points is that? Well, you can have a t- 50, uh, fifteen points each.
2: Um, how much is the you car? Anti tank It's at twenty one anyway.
3: regular, with yeah. no guns. Twenty one base, fifteen for the three sixty. So sixty six then for. Well, you can spend 45 in guns to get all three, and then add 21 to that. Yeah, 66 well, Or you yep. can
0: get a light anti-tank gun, too.
3: Um, You can upgrade the MMG to an HMG for 10 points. I'm not seeing what...
0: Mm-hmm. Wait, which gun are we? We're not talking about the car or light utility uh, trucks? i talking
3: about the car and light utility trucks as far as the entry. Easy the Army has
0: truck. a listing. You can add a whole-mounted light anti-tank gun oh, forward. Oh, yeah. That's Sorry. That's what I'm looking at right now. Yeah. Sorry. I was playing around in here, and I just sort of dig That in. may
2: not be accurate, but...
0: Yeah, that seems. Not I'm not accurate. seeing okay. the entry okay. here okay. in the book anyway. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's not in the book. It doesn't count. Okay, never mind what I said. I haven't it's
3: checked easy. the FAQ. I'm sure someone will call us out on that if we do. And then we get into well, well what jeeps? Okay. Uh, soft skin transport three men. Add a pencil mounted for 15. Lose all transport capacity and upgrade it to an HMG if you want to. So basically, yeah. it's any jeeps that you're used Jeep. to.
1: Yep.
0: None of those options are available in Easy Army. Well, they
1: uh, are. They just it goes over in the armored car slot then.
0: Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah. That's what it is. Which yep. which yep. is what yep. happens yep.
3: when you add guns to transport that then remove transport capacity. because yep. yep. it does actually okay. take the armored car slot. And in case no one knows that for sure, that's what happens.
0: That makes sense. That's why you don't see. And they've got any. the
3: Trotto yeah. tractor, which that sounds cool. Is just your standard tractor, fifteen points regular, tow anything.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, GMC tractor. 15 points regular. will tow anything. So, in case you don't like the name of the first one, you can get the GMC.
0: There you go. Whatever one you can find the model for.
3: The Vickers utility tractor, the difference is this one's an armored car. So, it's got a 7 plus oh, and four, uh, 50 points regular. Tow a lighter, medium anti tank, or light howitzer. Okay. And I just hope. in case everything was great for you, they do have the option for the M3 White Scout car if you're doing the KNIL Far East.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that our the M3 is cool, but overpriced. But cool.
3: Yeah, they seem to be in a lot of the Allied armies. Yep. And then and then here mm-hmm. here, here here we go. I'm going to try not to oversell this one, but the overall yeah. Wagon APC seventy five seventy four points regular no weapons it's a 7 plus holds 12 men it's not open topped
1: not open topped that actually makes
0: a
3: lighter medium anti-tank or light howitzer light anti-aircraft can add a front facing MMG for 10
1: points that's actually you know one of the few
3: non-open topped armored carriers in the game Mm -hmm. right the French have one who else has one uh the French (laughs) yeah I think I think that's I think it's just the two
0: that's cool. I like that one. At first, I didn't until you pointed out that it was not open so, top. Again,
3: this is the the K N I L, so this is not
1: Europe. This is the East Indies. It's funny because the pictures look like it should be open top that I'm seeing, but it also looks like a crazy party wagon. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of stuff we like, though. <laughs> so there you go. That's that's the
3: units available for the Netherlands, aka the Dutch, and the K N I L, whatever that translates to. And they got some. They got a couple theater selectors in here, which you know you can look on your own. But so they've got some interesting options. They've got some very standard options. I think they're very playable.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I think they're very play. Particularly early war, I think they're very playable.
3: Yeah. Mm Hmm. Well, considering that, in most tournament scenes, you're not seeing anything above a light tank. They 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 can they can hold their own. You know. Sure. the medium or the heavy tanks and they're kinda like, okay, well that's something that we just need to try to avoid is, yep. is usually Dale's strategy.
1: Well, and that's the only strategy if you're playing these guys. Yep.
3: So they're they're absolutely playable. There's not a lot of kit options out there for
1: them. Well this is where you're gonna lean on somebody that's got a three D printer. Right. So yeah. But Yeah.
2: <coughs> I don't know that I've ever seen a Dutch army. I know um,
3: Paul Walker plays them, or oh, has okay, played them. Okay. Yeah,
0: didn't we? Did we face off against one Jeff when we were playing in the team tournament at uh, I don't remember. Was it Dutch? I don't remember. Uh, they, I no, don't, I don't it think because they had a Flachverling. He had a for Ling. this That's the one I'm thinking of anyway. That that game is the one I was thinking of. Well,
3: that would uh, be Dutch. I didn't have a in
0: a Dutch. Yeah, ring. that's not possible. Yeah, I don't remember. Unless they picked up
3: Dutch. German support.
1: It's not a thing, which, <laughs> which would be, really be very odd to say yet? the least. <laughs>
0: it's like one players one players playing the Dutch and the others playing Germany. That didn't that would, not work. <laughs> would
3: it'd be a, There'd be some conflict there, I'm sure.
0: Some strange bedfellows there Indeed. for sure. Um, don't, so, I, I forget I don't remember we what sent this message. Was I was talking Germany.
3: about trying to do a Knil Knil army, and he like was asking about modeling options, and he had some good suggestions. And you know, I said, "Hey, dude, go for it. It sounds awesome." Absolutely. Yeah. He's doing some. He's doing. Uh, I think he was like getting. Was it some some chindit bodies and then like you know, swapping like Japanese heads or something on them or something to that effect. I don't remember exactly because it was a long time ago. But you know, they're 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 certainly an early war viable army as as. Uh, yeah. Jeff had mentioned.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And they got some fun options in there. You know, I like that triple MMG. Testing. tank Those are some, <laughs> there's some beasts in there. Yeah. And the fact that their armored cars have better tank punching capability than their tanks do.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: Still pretty, still pretty sad. Overall.
3: Yeah, but, but you know that's that's points you're not sinking into the tank slot. I, so, yeah. I,
2: I, I totally. I, I I like that particular setup actually. So.
0: Yeah, no. It, you don't get the. You don't. Get, there's no falling into the trap. That's mm-hmm. for sure. They don't have any veteran options, though, do they?
3: Uh, Most of the stuff had veteran options to it, but not the... I don't think they they had a veteran infantry. infantry.
0: I don't Um, see one. Oh, their guerrilla light machine gun section.
3: I didn't see that in the book. Maybe that came out later. I would have had an FAQ or... um,
1: Could be in another book.
0: It says it's in the armies of France no, and yeah, Allies on page ninety eight, that, but that's but... that's not that's not accurate, I'm sure. But no, let me let me open up my
3: most current update list
0: and see uh, do I have any entries for? That's the KNIL units, by the way. So maybe it's by the theater selectors? I don't know. All
3: right, so Netherlands, uh, New Guinea, page ninety seven, page ninety eight. There's guerrilla section and guerrilla LMG section.
0: There you go. That's what I was looking at.
3: According to my new fancy yeah, update, for veterans. I do not have that book near me, though, so sorry, I wasn't ill prepared. Oh, it's all good. But yeah, if you're if the easy arm is seeing their veteran, they could very well be, and that could be their veteran option. I mean, but again, that's the you know not in Europe, so stick to your theme, fellas. Stay in your lane, bro.
0: So I mean, they fought in East Indies, Western Burma. Desert, then. Okay, in the, Burma. Okay.
3: Long fellas. Gurkhas and uh, Chindits.
0: Sweet. Mm-hmm.
3: Hey, they didn't have to fight against the Gurkhas. That you know, that's one thing for them. No, they're right? fighting yeah. with them. That's, that's, that's yeah. all good stuff. Mm-hmm. For my East Indies. So there you go. There we finally covered it.
0: Oh, now I want to know what the gorilla section, what the what a scout does for him. Oh, here we go. It tells me. Are we get a shark? Oh, it's interesting. Uh, so, so local scout gives you the ability to, when you do outflanking, to arrive on either short edge, rather than having to choose. Oh. You can just pick a side That's when you an want to. Yeah. All
6: right.
0: Well, I, I kind of like it. Well, cool. yeah. I don't know. I mean, more more selections there for sure. Okay. Well, that was the Netherlands. We finally covered the Dutch. Been a while since we. I think they've been on the agenda what two or three times, <laughs> Pat. <laughs> yeah, where we we were where we talked about other things too long and tangent and just well, couldn't not make it that it this happen.
3: episode's any shorter. But you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, it, it fit within the three or so hours that the other ones didn't. Right. They all the other ones were getting longer and longer, so we just had to stop it before we could get to it. So, I uh, I don't know. I'm glad we covered it. It's actually it, it's intriguing. If I can find models, I pro- I probably consider. Yeah, well, them. maybe Paul
3: Walker can post on our. Uh, our Discord. And if he's got some, you know, he's got an army, so maybe he can tell us where he got his models from, Paul. In case you listen, sure, which I know you do.
0: All right. Well, I think we promised last episode that we were going to talk about Operation Snafu. Yeah, did we say that? We did. Did we decide to promise that? I don't or, know if we promised it. I that think we are. just
1: tried to put him off on
0: that. Yeah, yeah, we just well, yeah, run right, it so down the we road are in more April,
3: and this is typically when we do talk about what we're going to be planning for. For Operation Snafu in years past,
0: sure. Okay, sure. Okay. At
3: least, at least we we start to talk about what the theme might be.
6: Okay.
5: Yep.
0: World War, World War Two is the theme. Wow,
5: <laughs> you're <laughs> as helpful <laughs> as I am. Uh, it's great. <laughs> what, what do you mean? It's
0: perfect. It's a perfect theme. It's also going
3: to be bolt action version two,
0: most yeah, likely. That's,
1: Good to clear up, yeah. Okay, yeah, fine. Okay, yeah, yeah,
0: good to know. We're not going back to one, definitely.
1: No. We're not going to make them learn three yet. I mean, there's no three. There is a chance <laughs> that we might
3: have a, a, a comp that's more than we have in years past. Just technically, what we have done where we include the intelligence officer and uh, the chaplain mm-hmm. would could technically be qualified as a
2: comp, it's late. It's late. Comp right, stands late. for composition. <laughs>
3: Yes.
2: So it's not compensation or Although it could competitive. be that in yeah. some cases. Um, it's a, a composition which uh, typically it outlines the composition that you should follow when putting your armies together. So.
6: Yep.
0: For the purposes of our term. Yeah. yeah. Essentially. So. Cool. So, All right. Jeff. So. Yeah.
3: Do, we have, a, do,
1: we, have a do we have a theme for 2020? <clears throat> well, we had a theme for the one for last year that uh, never came to fruition, so I'm intending to stay with that theme because there were people already creating armies for it. We already started terrain, tables, and scenarios for it, so, you know.
0: I'll right, cool go so with that. Pacific, so,
1: then. No. <laughs>
0: what? Not Pacific, no.
1: <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> so Jesus. Battle of the Bulge and Budapest. Bud- Budapest.
0: Right. So it was basically December 44. Correct. So instead of. So I actually like this. I thought mm-hmm. this was a cool idea. Was instead of picking a place, we're picking a sure. time. And these are the two major operations that happened in that. Correct. So are
3: we disallowing anything out of 44?
0: Yes. Everything else is not allowed. You must play those. No, I don't think that's true. No, we've never I done that. I'm just. Well, why would no for for listeners at home that have never come to our tournament no we are obviously not limiting you to not to taking stuff in there i do like that there are people that are making armies specifically for this tournament and they're doing things that were you know based on the idea that maybe it was going to be the battle of the bulge though i don't know where they got that information from and they were like are you making armies before we announced anything before so i was a little worried there Maybe they were trying to craft it, maybe trying to force us to maybe, go down to the battle. the a speculator
3: market to try to swing things. <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah. They, I think I think the people that did that may have been doing that exact thing. Um, so I'm excited for it. I think it's a cool idea. So it'll be somehow broken up between the two areas and you may end up playing outside of Bulge or in Budapest. And or your whatever. army
3: also may not be anywhere involved if you play Chinese or Japanese. You can certainly still do that. Mm-hmm. That's just... The, the story yes. arc of the narrative will follow that time frame. Correct. And some yep. of the boards may not have anything to do with that, such as our desert boards.
1: Well, depending on <laughs> how many boards we have, you know, we don't have to put all of them in rotation anymore. Well, there is right. that. that, and there also know.
3: is you know, the ever-looming COVID concerns of what the restrictions might be at that point, I believe. Um, yeah. So I, I have talked to uh, Renegade Open Planner uh, Jamie and we've been in touch and we will still have our same room we have in, the, in years past
2: Love that room Which, to, yep. which We're
3: kind of down them. away from the, the ruckus and next to the yep. Kings of War guys which are all cool mm-hmm. people Oh,
2: For anyone that's come yep. recently I was there this past weekend and I checked on the room itself and I couldn't get in because they actually replaced the doors and once they're locked they're really locked you can't just walk in So <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, they were locked last time too. It was just that first year down in that room, they weren't.
2: Well, no, there was a. There was well, a no, the issue was knocking. that they would lock the doors, but the, the door you could still open it because the yeah, lock was yeah. insufficient. So, right, okay. But they they corrected that. So, if we all go out to dinner and leave our armies there, they're going to be safe. Yep, which
0: is good to know. It's good if we're allowed to go to dinner. So we will we will Hopefully still have an event
3: nice. Friday and then the main event Saturday and Sunday. So Sweet. that'll still be there. Uh, tickets are supposed to go on sale beginning of June.
2: How many? And what's the numbers three. we're looking at? Or um, spots available?
3: You know, we're, we're still we're still kind of hinged on the, the COVID restrictions. And right now, I was talking to Jamie, and we're not set on this, but we're, we're possibly looking at two wave of ticket sales depending on how the restrictions lay out and what kind of spaces and what's going on in the world at that time. And we're talking November. This is... A long time way you know, from what's, what's yeah. going to be normal at that point. Okay. So I know when we're, we're talking about Bug Eater and their restrictions that they are. They're even like going so far as to uh, opening more of the school and talking about putting you know two tables in a classroom to sped, spread more people out. Uh,
0: so pretty smart of them to do. Just I mean, just be more cautious than we right. need to be. You know. And they're sense. obviously,
3: you know, five months ahead of us. So who knows where this vaccination curve is? Who knows if this, all of a sudden we hit fall and there's a, are we on fifth or sixth or seventh wave, whatever wave we would be on then? I don't, I don't know. Oh my God. I don't know.
0: That's not helpful. Right. right there, or, it,
3: it, I mean, or it could be, you know, like, you know, at three weeks of zero cases and be fully open and, you know, can not wear our masks and please still wear your pants, you know, sort of scenario. Damn
0: it. I have to wear pants. I'm not coming. What's this well, new pants You didn't, pants come, you didn't come last time, Rick, so. <laughs> Dude, I had a freaking wedding kidding. last year. I didn't have a uh, choice. Give you Waltzing like, Matilda for that. My wife? Sure. By all means, play Waltzing Matilda. Every so time. I, I, I
3: think, I, I th- again, I like back to, I think Jamie and I had talked about, you know, uh, maybe doing a first wave, second wave sort of thing where, you know, we'll look at, sure. the, start with the half capacity for possible June time, and we'll have more information next episode and, and what those price points are going to be and what's going to go on with it, you know, versus... You know, if we can only do half capacity and we're still committed to full revenue, those might be a little higher than we want them to be. Of course, looking at trying to book a hotel, they're way higher than they were last year. I'm sure they're trying to make up lost revenue, too. So, yep. There will be an event. We will have it. And more details to come. But you got the theme. And that's Sweet. what you're looking for, so you can start painting your models. Well,
0: and and, and the date is still the same. It's the weekend before Thanksgiving, yep. still? So. That was the other piece that I was curious about, like, needing to know that. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm excited to be able to do that again. Hopefully we get to do it for real. And I know that there were people from other parts of the world that are talking in our Discord about trying to come. if would be can cool. It'd be awesome to have them. I'm not sure if it was World. It might have been. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. But I've seen people expressing interest in it already and asking questions about it. So I think that's you know unprompted even we didn't even talk about it maybe well i guess we talked about it last episode to some degree but
2: people are ready to um, start getting back together to play bolt action yes they are that seems yeah. to be
0: the case so let's let's hold out as long as we can just to just try I, and get I'm, whatever. i'm a full believer in the fact that there's a
3: light at the end of the tunnel and not actually a train
0: so <laughs> god i hope it's don't not a be train. a train that please don't be a train this last year was oh, the train my Lord. So. Yeah, it felt like it.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I know. We're almost through, I mean. guys. We're almost
0: through. Uh, I, so that's the end <laughs> of another episode. We've got to sixty now. That's um. This is quickly unraveling. So we're gonna all go to yeah, bed. That's now. A good idea. Yes. Right. <laughs> idea. Yeah. Yeah. Pat, get us. Get us. The this audience. is <laughs> snafu. Over and out. Have a good night, guys. <laughs> that, was, that was very enthusiastic. Good night, guys.
5: Army, Mr. Jones. No private rooms or telephones. You had your breakfast in bed before, but you won't have it there anymore. This is the Army, Mr. Green. We like the barracks nice and clean. You had a housemaid to clean your floor. But she won't help you out anymore. Do what the buglers command. They're in the army and not in the band. This is the army, Mr. Brown. You and your baby went to town. She had you worried, but this is war. And she won't worry you anymore. Since the R.A. Mr. Jones No private rooms or telephone You'll your breakfast in bed before But you won't have it there anymore
3: Guys, that was fucking mean. amazing.
1: I thought it was hilarious! Mm-hmm. What are you talking about?
0: No, it's great. Right. It's fine. It makes us look like normal people. Well, it makes me look like an idiot, but that's okay because it can be. Well, I like
3: oh. that someone asked a question some some point. How do you remember all these? And I'm like, well, it's really easy to sound good when you ha- when you have a day or two to prep before the podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot easier on your side to some degree. Well, I mean, you have to do a bunch of work. We didn't have to do any work. We just. Had to think and yeah, you have it, to it took a while to think. write that up. It, that
2: it's it's not an exercise in making us look stupid. We can do that on our own. Mm, it's right? it's <laughs> yeah, just a method yeah, yeah. to have a little bit of fun and I like yeah, that. Yeah. No, it
0: is absolutely fun.
3: That's what I was hoping for. Hope you guys yeah. found it entertaining.